Welcome to Rem and Sam. Before we start anything, shout out to the Murrow family for getting your boy a little bit of merch. You know, I got, uh, I didn't expect this. It was a surprise. Rem kept it on the low, low, and I I, I got the package and it was, it, was, it was just great. Shout out. I appreciate it. Shout out Mama Morrow. She wanted to hook you up a little bit with the uh, a Christmas gift, you know, for the hanging out with the pod, sticking in there. And uh yeah, who knows if, who knows maybe you guys got to keep an eye out on the Instagram stories. If you guys want to see if you I don't know if you guys want something for yourselves, keep an eye, follow Rem and Sam on Instagram. That's just going to be the best way to stay tuned and figure out what's going on because I mean, the, let's be honest, the shirt does look good. If you're watching on Spotify, it looks good. So if you're interested, give us a follow. Stay tuned. Maybe we could hook you guys up. Who knows? You gotta let us know. Let us know. I'm pretty, I can be pretty picky about my clothes. I'm telling you, this thing feels great. I feel great. Mm. This is not just like some patch on there. It's like actually printed. This is good stuff. All right. Good quality athletic. It feels great. So, you know, if you all, any of y'all out there love the pod are fans of the pod, keep an eye out because I don't, I don't know. I mean, right, we can't keep this to ourselves. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Sam's not even, it's not even a sponsor. Sam's not even be getting paid to say that. We're sponsoring ourselves. Like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're our own sponsors. So shout out to Mama Mama helping me start 2024, right? <laughs> shout out. Um, but there's still lots of sports still going on and this week kind of a whirlwind in the college football world rems team finally wins the big game and we're not talking about the one against ohio state uh what many consider the greatest coach of all time finally leaves the patriots thank god bill belichick is out you know even if he was losing there's still like five percent of you that's still like kind of scared of him and Pete Carroll kind of ousted out of Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks news coming out of there that, you know, maybe it wasn't his choice. It was some football, just non-football decisions all over the place. Uh, we got a little bit of some music coming out. Got another, they got an excellent captain's log, some other stuff going around the corners. But, Rab, we got to start with what is probably the biggest news you know, obviously, congrats to Wolverines winning. I know you covered it in the Tuesday pod, but shout out Arbop. You know, you guys retired the greatest coach of all time. That's crazy. <laughs> but you know, some people are saying this. It was actually his greatest coaching job uh, for uh, from all his seasons, though this past mm. season. And I think that that makes this really interesting because people are saying that this is, you know, quote unquote, his greatest coaching job because. In a way, it was kind of, I mean, in a way, it was like most quote unquote coaching that he did. And it was just, you know, the the most development in season that we had seen from a team, you know, that he had that he had been coaching. So I don't know. Do we do we have to credit him? Are we like, do you look at Saban after this move and go, he's actually kind of doing the smart thing here because you know, the thing with all of these legendary guys and especially all of these goat status guys is sometimes, you know, it, it's very common for legendary players to just 
hang around a little bit too long. And, you know, even with Tom Brady, like he could have walked away after that Super Bowl and just been like in Tampa Bay and just been at the absolute top of the mountain, went out on the peak. And I know, you know, again, this is not necessarily losing in the Rose Bowl is not necessarily the peak for Saban, but it's not like he's walking away because he's lost a step. You know, it's clearly a, a decision he's made. And I, you know, he's made comments about, you know, the, the landscape of college football, but I mean, it, do, do we respect him for walking away on top and just being like, Hey, I'm done. You know, my age, I'm getting up there walking away at the right time. Or do you think he's ducking the changing landscape a little bit? And I know, you know, he's commented on the fact that he doesn't like where it's going, but it's, changed so dramatically now and it you know it's going to continue to shift with the transfer portal and with the nil and he sees what's going on and i mean we maybe saban just doesn't really want to code professional sports at all because that's kind of what college football is becoming a little bit guys are getting paid now becoming a little more wide open i don't know is this like is this is, is this a respectful move for walking away at the right time or is he ducking away early and wanting to, to skirt around new college football Well, the thing is, is that he's kind of had to deal with new college football for the last couple of years. You know, this has been kind of uh, not necessarily the Glacier movie, but people kind of been seeing the signs year by year, building on top of it. And it, players were getting money under the table for years now. I mean, it's quite, you know, common fact that they have been getting, you know, free money. They, they've been getting money to play um, at, at colleges. And now it's just been legitimized. I think the thing is, is that, you know, he's 72 years old. You know, he's getting older. The Probably, you know, this this last season probably, like, literally knocked the wind out of him of how much stuff he had to deal with. And so that combined with the normal extra pressures that are coming with the changing college football landscape, you know, the SEC isn't getting any easier. They're adding a, you know, top four team, a team that was in the college football playoff and Oklahoma to their conference next year. Um, into both Texas and Oklahoma. But, you know, all of that combined with, you know, the amount of work he had to put in this last season, you know, probably showed him that it was about time to leave. But it's not like he limped out. And that, and I think, you know, that is one thing, you know, shout out to Ryan Rosillo. He, he brought up a good point of, like, can this team, you know, lose five games in a season? You know, be, be seven and five, eight and three, something like that before, you know, we kick him out the door saying he's trash. I mean, he still won a conference championship. They still went up and beat what many consider, you know, what was ranked for most of the season as the number one team in the nation. You know, this team, you know, if you stayed four years at Alabama, you were guaranteed a championship under Nick Saban. You know, he's, I mean, when you just look at the records that he had um, up and down, up and down uh, his record, you know, he was and still is the clearly the best coach of all time. And, you know, I think it was just, you know, this season really tired him out, which made sense. I mean, he had, you know, a pretty underdeveloped quarterback, um, you know, who they couldn't really trust his throws. You know, you could see they were limping along in that game. I mean, if that if they have a lineman who can actually snap a ball, you know what? Who knows what's going to happen in that game? I mean, that game against the national championship champions did go to overtime. You know, it, it did. I mean, Mich I know your heart was beating a little bit there, right? Because there was a yeah. moment, you know, if that fumble doesn't happen, one or two plays go the other way, and they're beating the national champions. So, 
I, I just think that, you know, he had to put in so much work to build up these teams, build up this team, build up these guys, and, you know, get them to the promised land. And he did it. I mean, he did the best. He could. I think he got the most out of this team that this team was ready for. And I'm, you know, it just he, – he himself has said that this past season took more out of him than it normally yeah. was. But, you know, he'll still be there for Alabama. He'll still care for them, you know. It's just – you know, he's just been that guy. He's been he's been on top of it all. I mean, 80% winning percentage. He's had 49 players selected in the first round, including Bryce Young as the number one pick last year. Um, seven national champions, six with uh six with uh, uh uh with Alabama in 28 seasons, 292 wins, you know, five-time coach of the year, um, you know, eleven SEC championships. So I mean, decorated guy and you know, he's just, it's just getting old. Father time, you know, <laughs> some poor LeBron is going to have to, you know, he's going to have to deal with at some point here. Who knows? Is father time always wins. And, you know, again, father time went out, but it definitely wasn't the skills. It wasn't that. I think he would have, he would have found a way. He found a way multiple times. I mean, he's been around in football 17 years. I mean, 17 yeah. seasons, been around, you know, at Alabama. And it's just, you know, death taxes and Saban figuring out a way. So, I mean, with the turnover that his coaching staff has had, Bill O'Brien, Kirby Smart, you know, Sarkeesian, you see people come in and out, and he's figured it out. And I think he still would have if he, you know, if his body didn't let him down. How much longer would you have given him? What would have been the time frame if he would have stayed around? Because you mentioned, you know, he is 72. I would, you know, have to look into some of the older guys. You know, you start getting into, like, Bobby Bowden, Joe Paterno, guys like that stick around. Deep into their 80s, basically throw them out there in a wheelchair. And, you know, like, like we're saying, the Alabama team did improve a lot this season, but I do think that 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 Alabama Michigan game is interesting because I think one of the things that we definitely highlighted on the, you know, the pod that we did after that game with Fataport was it did seem like Harbaugh outcoached Saban. And maybe, maybe, you know, going back and looking at it, it wasn't like the entire game, but for a lot of it, he really did seem to be getting the better end of the coaching battle between the two. And you look at the changing landscape of like the personalities that are being injected and just in general too, it just seems to be like, there just seems to be more better coaches in college football. I know, you know, Urban Meyer was in there as well, competing against Saban too, but now you have Harbaugh. Now you have Kirby smart. I know Dabo is still well-respected. You know, who knows what happens with Dion too, just as a, personality in a figure in there so is is what what i guess how long would you have given him if he would have stuck in around is it like a four-year thing or is he is he could could he have just done this for like another 10 15 years you know assuming you know obviously assuming he's still you know able to do it we're not you know saying that but assuming you know held and all all that stuff like could he have done it for the next another decade or is he really you know did he see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit I think I think he was just exhausted. I mean, I think this season really took the crap out of him. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, with college, it's just so much recruiting. It's so much time in and time out, traveling, all that. And, you know, just to have so many freshmen and young faces on this team and trying to mold a winning team out of them, it just, it just took so much. And when you see, you saw really the struggle earlier on in the season, uh, preseason, you know, you could see how much he had to work, probably how much extra hours he had to put in at this age 
And so, you know, if he has like another, I think if it was another loaded season, you know, another, he had like Tua back there or something like that. I think he could have maybe, you know, painted out two, three more years. But it's just, I mean, you could see Milrow's limitations. I mean, their last play that ended the season was him scrambling, which, you know, probably wasn't the right play, especially against your team with the personnel you have. Uh, but the, they just couldn't trust him to make short or intermediate throws whatsoever in that game and in, in general for Milrow. And so you, it's just looking at how this team obviously has talent in Alabama. You know, they, they did, they have won games, but just the amount of work it took, you know, and, and like, like you mentioned, I think Michigan, I think Michigan found Alabama's weaknesses but I don't think necessarily – I mean, on my end, I don't think Jim Harbaugh really outcoached uh, Saban. It's just, you know, Saban had not as good pieces as Michigan. I mean, Michigan's been trying to build this thing for two, That's three fair. years. I mean, this is like – this is probably like their best team, you know, in a while. It's developed guys. You know, you have J.J. McCarthy with all these cars being in the playoff already. You know, Kerr already being there. You know, if he wasn't hurt last year, who knows? And they're just – you could tell there's so many pieces that have been there for so long. This group has been working so hard. I mean, that's what McCarthy said at the end is, he, you know, he's sad that he can't play with this group anymore, you know. And just having this group and just knowing that there's just so many talented guys on this team. And Alabama's O-line was bigger than some play, perfect, you know, some NFL teams. You know, it was a pretty slow line. And, you know, you look at the championship game and Michigan tears up that Washington line as well. So – you know, it's not nothing against um, nothing against this D line, but I, I mean, I, but that's my point is that this was a really talented Michigan team. You know, probably you know, arguably one of the most talented ones they've ever had. You know, I mean, Harbaugh is saying McCarthy's the greatest Michigan quarterback of all time. You know, after throwing ten is, passes, he, is he wrong? Game, but, you know, I, I just said, I just said, how say, many Michigan quarterbacks have won the national title? Barely barely double digit in a championship game, but whatever. But, you know, this team team had fought together and uh, this was the prime apex of a Michigan team against a pretty down year for Alabama and Alabama still took them to overtime. So, you know, I think, I think that is why I'd say Saban, you know, I think he just, try to coach with as best of pieces as he had. I mean, you can see there's a couple areas where they had true freshmen and they performed, but, you know, and these wide receivers are some of the worst that Alabama's had during Saban's run. I mean, it's just not a lot of help or talent much of anywhere. Um, Not even a great running back. You know, the team was just really, I mean, compared to what Saban normally has, nowhere good. So I think when you take all that into consideration, you know, Saban, I, I don't really think, I think, I mean, I, Michigan did a great job coaching and, you know, they definitely put their players in a position to win, but the team, their team was just a lot more talented. I think there was just, you could see levels in terms of that D line against that O line. You know, you just, there was just, I don't know, Milrow made some plays. I think there was some coaching calls that made it the game flip, you know, just some, I don't Alabama, you know, they had that, you know, second half first as usual, but I just I just think that it was it was a lot closer in terms of coaching than than it looked on TV. I think the thing with this team though in particular that makes the timing of the Saban retirement kind of interesting is this team is a young team. And again, you know, even if Saban doesn't have a another decade in him to do coaching at a high level, 
if he could do it for another three or four years, it would be interesting to see what he could get accomplished with this group. And I get, you know, there is some, there is, you know, you're bringing in high level recruits every year that the cycle never really stops, but you know, you get a guy like, like he get like Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor, both in the same recruiting class studs on defense one, you know, a secondary studying downs and Proctor who was up and down this season, but again, he's a true freshman left tackle. And like you're saying, Michigan's defensive line is experience and it's, you know, got a deep rotation as well, too. So a lot of experienced guys, he could get exposed as a younger guy like he did. And Milrow will be back next year. So maybe, you know, one or two more seasons just to see what this core did. Because like you're saying, they were really close. That, that out, like they could have, they could have, and you could have, you could make the argument that they should have won that Michigan game. And if they're playing Washington, you know, maybe it's a different matchup for Washington, but just who knows. So. Maybe I get maybe that he made maybe the end was a little bit nearer for Saban than we were we we were thinking in general, but I could I I would have been interesting to see him ride it out a couple more years with this group of guys pause because like we're saying this is a this is a young talent young talented group of guys that I think was from the start of the season they you know the fact that you know again the fact that they were a national champion is just another credit to Nick Saban and what he was able to accomplish this year. So I don't know if he could have given it like two more seasons with this team just to see, I think maybe he had a chance to snag another national title in there. Yeah, probably. I mean, we know the timeline is every four years, um, but he's 72, you know, and he's, he's I mean, it's just, uh, it's just I mean, what that happens. Is, I mean, some that's fair too. Cause it is, it, it's not like it's urban Meyer walking away from Florida that first time, you know, if Saban, yeah. if Saban was making this move and he was sixty-two, even, yeah. maybe it's a maybe it is a little bit different. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the age thing definitely plays a factor too. And like the thing is, is that like I mean, for coaches like him, I mean, they care about legacy. They're obviously super competitive, mm. and he knows he's the goat. I mean, he's got that number of championships. I think. I'm thinking. I think. Yeah. I mean, Kirby's got two. I think the only people closest in terms of like double jitter who are still in it right now or only at two. Um, so, only, I mean, he's far and away the best coach, but. The only coaches right um, now that have national titles are, like I said, Kirby Smart with two. Dabble also has two. Harbaugh now yeah. and Mac Brown. And yeah. North Carolina when he won one in Texas. Guys, that's, there's oh. only four guys right now. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, but the thing is, is that like, if there was anything that would keep him around, I mean, honestly, it'd be the same thing like Belichick in terms of being the winningest coach. I mean, you know, Bear Bryant's shadow is still looming large over over Saban, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because Alabama already has named their replacement for him. Um, there was some news. Is it going to be Danny Landing in Oregon? Is it going to be, you know, Sark coming back, uh, Sarkeesian? Uh, but Alabama went and took the coach for the from the Washington Huskies, Kalen DeBoer. Um, you know, after having a great season, named the AP Coach of the Year, and you know, 105 to 12. You know, he has a really obviously great uh, record. He's only he's he's won 11 or more games in seven of his nine seasons as a head coach. 
um, taking Washington, you know, to winning the Pac-12, winning uh, college football playoff. And, you know, the other two player, other two coaches who they were thinking about and Danny Langan and Steve Sarkeesian, they're 0-5, mm-hmm. uh, combined 0-5 against DeBoer over the last two seasons. So, yeah, you know. I do their, you know, their offense are gonna gonna be hot. I mean, that's what they've averaged at least 36 points the last two seasons. Um, with Michael Penix, who, you know, I don't know, people I mean, I'm not gonna act like I've watched his Indiana games, but I've heard he was pretty bad uh previously. So to turn that guy into, you know, uh playing for a national championship. You know, and if, if he doesn't have a rib broken or something like that, who knows what happens? Mm-hmm. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. But uh, I do know some people are worried about him because of his lack of SEC experience, especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining him. I know Penix was up and down at Indiana too, but the 2019 season at Indiana was of the seasons he was there. It was his best season, 68 percent completion percentage. And Kalen DeBoer was the offensive coordinator at Indiana that season. And, you know, eventually gets Penix to transfer over at Washington. And, of course, Penix, not only does he, you know, had the best years of his career at Washington or at Indiana, you know, bounced over to Washington and uh, nearly ends up winning the Heisman. So you're right. I mean, it definitely is a credit turning him around. But I know as just as a Michigan fan, the fact that they hired the coach that just lost to Michigan Because, I mean, you know, again, as a Michigan fan, I would still look at the college football landscape even after this. Like, let's say Nick Saban returns, everything sort of stays the same. I would still look at the college football landscape and go, okay, the top-notch programs in the NCAA are still, you know, Bama and Saban are still probably one. And then Kirby Smart and Georgia still probably, you know, 1B. And then now we can say, oh, maybe Harbaugh has Michigan in that, you know, two slash three spot there right behind those guys. But like, again, the fact that Michigan just lost the title, I don't know. Did Dan Lanning benefit from not even playing in the playoffs just in terms of his perception in this, in this thing. And I guess I haven't even looked into the, I haven't even looked into, you know, what people are saying about this Kalen DeBoer hire yet, but I know, I know again, just as a Michigan fan, the perception of them bringing in Dan Lanning to me is a little bit more scary than them bringing in Kalen DeBoer. And I, I don't think either of those guys, I, I wouldn't trade either of those guys for Harbaugh, obviously. I think Harbaugh is well-established yeah. there if he wants to stay. But what is what is this, what is is this your perception of the Bama football program now? I guess, what, well, now that Saban's gone in general too, like, do you think it's still, well, what is your perception of the Bama program, you know, without Saban? Just kind of in general, then now with DeBoer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, one thing I did really like, um, you know, again, shout out to Ryan Russell. Main reason why he came to prominence is because of his college football analysis. And it really showed when talking about this Alabama thing, because it makes you realize without Saban, Alabama football is not going to be the same. I mean, Saban is, he made Alabama football. It's the same like Belichick with New England Patriots. I mean, without Belichick and, you know, Brady, they're not going to be the same kind of hype, the same kind of level. But, you know, Alabama, they still have the money coming in. They still have the people who care. They still have the high expectations. And, you know, with Danny Lanning, it seems like, you know, a lot of people like him up there. You know, it seems like he's really close uh, connections with uh, Matt 
Matt McKnight, other, you know, the guy who owns Nike. So he's getting a lot of money in the Oregon area. He's He's got the boosters happy. And, you know, they're really trying to keep him just because they've had so many people leave um, once they get set up there. Um, just keep flipping out and leaving. So they're trying to keep uh, their guys there. Norvell, uh, he made it pretty clear he's staying over in Florida State. Um, and, you know, I think Sarkeesian, they would give it to him. He would get on. He would do the job in a heartbeat. But, you know, we've seen his record. He's he's had I, – I wouldn't put him – I don't know if I'd put him as an elite coach, to be honest. I don't I don't think he's an elite guy, you know, in terms of when you look at these top guys. But you look at the record that Kalen DeBoer has had at Washington. You know, at Fresno State, he goes, you know, 3-3 three and three and then 9-3. and three. And then after Washington goes 4-8 and eight in 2021, the next season they go 11-2. and two, and then this year they go 14 and one. And, you know, that while that's only two seasons and actually a pretty small sample size, I mean, it shows the level of, of expectations that DeBoer has for his teams, you know, in terms of how good they are. And he did it in a tough conference, too. I mean, this is not a power of five, you know, Cincinnati just down, trouncing everyone. I mean, this was arguably the toughest conference this year. And yeah. they beat Oregon not once, but twice. So I, I you know, mm. I, I think the I think I understand having this higher. I mean, if you can't get Norvell, you know, you can't really get Harbaugh. You know, you don't. I don't know if they really want to. Um, you might as well get someone who has done it for more than one year. He's done it in a tough conference, and you know, while I would, I do understand why people do have some concerns about him having the lack of SEC experience. You know, not playing in that kind of conference. He still played in a pretty tough one this last year. I guess, coach. you know, I get, I, I, I do understand the saving thing. Like I'm not denying the saving thing of him turning around Alabama, but you know, I guess I too, if we want to compare him to Belichick for a second, like I think the thing that is maybe a little bit more impressive for what Belichick did with his ability to turn that franchise around was, you know, the Patriots didn't have a bear Bryant in their past. And I know, you know, in modern college football, Saban is definitely the best, the best head coach of all time. But, you know, going back a little bit, like, you know, does Bear Bryant have more national championships at Alabama than Nick Saban? Did he win seven? At- no, I think it's the same. They're both six. Seven or both. Yeah, at least at least they're tied. I think they're both six. Yeah, they're tied. And I think maybe Bear Bryant oh. did it in a little bit of a longer span, too. So, you know, yeah, that's definitely in favor of Saban. But. But regardless, like the Alabama program still has a, you know, a deep history of being a competitive team. Like it's not just, it's not just, it was just the Saban run that this team was winning national titles and they won a national title under uh, Gene Stallings as well in, I believe, uh, 1992. So it's not like, you know, they were just winning titles under Saban, you know, maybe even Harbaugh winning a title in Michigan, breaking that, you know, quote unquote drought is a little bit more impressive. So I'm not I'm not doubting the Kalen DeBoer hire at all. I think, you know, he was obviously one of the hottest candidate names right now. But I do, like I do think it Alabama outside of Saban is still the best job to have as a college football head coach. And I feel like you could could they have gotten anybody? I know Dan Landing was obviously committed to Oregon and that's a that's a tough one to do especially with them moving conferences and uh, you know, emotionally as well, too, that he had that team and fan base so charged up and, like, rallied behind him. I think it'd be a tough thing to walk away after the the season that they had. But, like, 
I think, you know, even historically too, for Bama, like when they've, after Bear Bryant, when they've been hiring, like replacing guys before Saban, they hired a lot of their guys from the NFL too. Like Ray Perkins, they got from the Giants. Stallings, they got from the Cardinals. Shula, who was there before Saban came from the NFL. And Saban as well too. I know they hired him based off the LSU run and him winning the national title there, but they did hire him away from Miami. So I guess, you know, I know the the Kalen DeBoer is a good hire if we're going, okay, this is a school that is looking for a head coaching candidate. And they kind of had to choose from the, the pool of guys that, you know, need to upgrade or, you know, who's ever available. But I feel like Alabama could have dipped their toes a little bit into the guys that are not available as well, too. Like, do you, do you like Kalen DeBoer just in general, like in the overall landscape of all the coaches? I mean, I, I think he has a pretty interesting record. I think they were just looking for someone as soon as possible. And obviously, you know, DeBoer got, you know, he got flat. You like that? Got, you know, like, I mean, they could have waited, but I think they just, because of how, um, how big it is to lose Saban, they just wanted someone, someone to grab a hold of the rudder and not lose all these players who could pretty much go now a lot more easily through the transfer market. But I think, you know, once they move from DeBoer to someone else, they could probably wait a little longer you know, wait a little longer, but they just need like someone to stop the leaking. Someone just to get in there and slow down because, you know, like DeBoer said, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. So it's pretty clear that, you know, he got, he got kind of got flashed by the big lights, you know, he, he saw it and he's like, all right, gotta take it. I mean, you know, he's, he just gotta, gotta, you have to, I get it. So, um, but you know, it's just, I think, I think they just needed Alabama and just didn't want to wait. They said they, they were trying to, you know, they told players they're going to get someone in there in the next 72 hours and, you know, they kept their promise. So, you know, I, I think it, considering the amount of time, the timeline they gave themselves and how much they know, how, how hard it is to keep a hold of players, and they just really didn't want to lose any players in the transfer portal, um, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of, it's the best they can do, I guess. No, that's absolutely the right point to make because, you know, again, I, I do, like, I'm not saying the Kalen DeBoer hire is a bad hire. I think he's a good head coach. Yeah. I think he could work out there, but like hypothetically, if he doesn't work out, I think the thing that would be the, you know, the first thing to look at as to why that move wasn't the right move would be, well, they gave themselves a rush timeline. They didn't give themselves enough time to look at enough candidates. And like you're saying, the reason they're doing that is because of the transfer portal, because of the way modern college football works. And because all of these guys can just leave now instantly play right away. It's basically wide open free agency. And that's kind of the stuff that Nick Saban was, you know, warning everybody about and kind of the reason that he is leaving. So not only is it the reason that it drove away Nick Saban, it could be the reason that, again, if the head coaching hire doesn't work out, it could be the reason that the hire didn't work out because they didn't want to lose their roster. But like if if they were just wanting to take a, like a, a pause for a second and look through you know, the candidates a little bit better. There's a couple of names I wanted to throw at you to see if you would see if this is, you know, if this was possible, like, would you rather have that? Da- would you rather have Dabo than Kalen DeBoer or is the Dabo thing kind of worn off a little bit? 
Uh, I think he's been exposed a little bit. I mean, once he lost Venerables and uh, some of his coaching staff, it's just gone pretty downhill over at Clemson. Yeah, I think DeBoer is definitely the... It does seem like DeBoer is definitely the hotter yeah. name just in general across the board right now for the yeah. the two guys. I know, like, I know Lanning is already off the board. Kirby Smart's definitely the tough one to try to lure away. But Yeah, there's no way they can get Kirby. Is D is it too soon for Dion? Yeah. That uh, yeah. the way Colorado ended, the way Colorado ended that season, it was it was bad. Is it red flags it was, bad? It was really bad. A little bit. I mean, you know, I don't think I was expecting a miracle, but it was just it was bad. There was one other there was only really Oh no, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was saying uh, it looks like Deion Sanders, you know, it, it, I mean, Deion Sanders, I think, kind of agrees with you that, you know, the college football changes so much that it drove the get-goat away. So, I don't know. Coach Prime's agreeing with Rem. It's, it's the game is passing by. I don't know. Are we getting a little Lightning McQueen moment here? No, I think me and Coach Prime, we, we see eye-to-eye on -eye a lot of things. Coach Prime, send us a pair of the sunglasses if you want. We're wearing them and uh, support. Yeah. Come on the there was, one, there was one other name I wanted to throw at you, and this one, you know, I thought it, I thought it was kind of interesting. Again, this is like, I because I think DeBoer was, you know, Washington was, you know, he had was established there, but definitely he was a guy that was obviously looking for an upgrade and willing to take one. And this, 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 this guy is not. A name that is surfaced as available yet, but what about Ryan Day? What mm. if Alabama had gone to Ryan Day? And I know the the Ohio State fans right now are kind of a little, you know, there's a little they backed off a little bit because there's a little bit of a losing streak to Michigan that's going on. But I think people like yourself. Yeah. Are, still defended him and saying, hey, no, this guy's still a good football coach. He's still a good recruiter. And if there's that, you know, a little sort of, if there's just any sort of friction starting to develop between him and Ohio State, again, Alabama is probably an upgrade for 99.9% .9 of college football. What if they had gone to Ryan Day and offered him the, the Alabama job? Do you think he turns that down? Wow. I, Ryan Day is... No, that's a good one. Now Rem, Rem's on to something. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you would I you mean, rather have Ryan Day or Kalen DeBoer just straight up? Oh, I'd definitely rather have Ryan Day. Hmm. They both saying lost Mike to Harbaugh, so. Oh my gosh, Mike Vrabel? Are you serious? Oh, I guess Mike Vrabel might go to Ohio State, so I guess Ryan Day might be out of a job. Nice. Oh wait, is that are you are you reading something? Yeah, I guess they're looking for Brable to come head down coach. To college. Let me see here, Ohio. Um, I'm seeing some. I'm seeing that it says he was considered for the Patriots job. I don't know if that's just them being yeah. nice. Availability increases pressure. <laughs> Would Urban Meyer return to Ohio State? Man, Bray, it looks like Ryan Day's 
People are really looking at it. These are serious articles, man. Right? Trying to see if this yeah, is sourced. Again, like th this is what we're saying that there is definitely something that's developing between Day and Ohio State, but I kind of agree with you. He's not a bad coach. And yeah, especially rather, this. I, th I think Day has a better uh, record for a longer time than uh, Kalen DeBoer. A little more established. And I think that those games with no. going back against Michigan are a little bit closer. The game this past season, I think the McCord McCarthy discrepancy at quarterback, I think it's understandable that Michigan won that game. And that game was honestly the closest one that they've had the last couple of years because, you know, the games with Stroud ended up getting out of hand and those games were big plays at the end of the game. I still, I still think Ohio state was competitive in those games, even though the scores got out of hand. So I don't necessarily think Ryan day's done a, a bad job the last couple of years. I think this, this like we were saying that this Michigan football team this year was the best team in the country. And, you know, they've been developing into that over the, the course of the last couple of seasons. McCarthy was there last year as well, too. So I think, you know, that day at the Alabama job, like you're saying, you get just a, a, a little bit more pedigree. And maybe, I don't know, is, is day is day more SEC style, like a style coach? Because he's another like heavy, heavy offense guy, but they're still able to get like high level defensive crews at Ohio State, like JTT still there. I know, yeah. you know, Jack Sawyer maybe did, you know, I think he still has had like a nice career, but. Yeah, I'd rather have Brian Day there. I think his record stands longer against better competition. And, you know, of course, he has a really nice record uh, because he plays in the Big Ten. So, you know, it could be argued whether you uh, want him in terms of having being really tested. But um, when you look at his body of work, I mean, obviously, Michigan has beaten him excuse me, the last couple of years, but I, I don't know. I mean, I get why they went with Kalen DeBoer, just someone to get in there, someone that can probably take the fall, take all the anger from the fans, and then they'll probably bring in their real guy here in two or three years. Um, mm. So they're, they're, they're going to give DeBoer a little test run, let him do his thing. He's probably going to fail pretty soon here, poor guy. And then, uh, then yeah, they can bring in their real guy in two or three years. That, that is but one of those things with that pressure of being the guy who replaced it. That is one of those things with college football where maybe we'll have to go back and look and see if there's ever been like a clean replacement like that. But it does seem like you need, if yeah. you have a legendary coach, you're going to have like a gap performance guy. I don't know what it is about the, the thing, you know, it, I guess it's just hard to have, you know, find two back-to-back -back great coaches. And again, yeah. the level is if Kalen DeBoer is like, a two loss team next year, you know, that's still like, uh, if he's the 11th best team in college football, that's still in a, a really good college football team. It's not like an Alabama team. Not on an Alabama standards. Team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not quite, it's not quite there yet, but there's another, there's a hey, couple other a college football playoff team. Next year it is. You're right though. It is still a playoff yeah, team. Yeah. So, I mean, you never yeah. know a one, a one game scenario. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the 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 style SEC style sort of knocks on him won't necessarily matter as much if uh, they're all just intermixing in playoff games. But yeah. you know, since 
since Bama looked at the NFL a couple of times before, there was a couple of other NFL names that I wrote down. You can yes or no these quickly. I thought the funniest one would be Belichick just doing like, because like you're saying, just if, if there's like, if, if, they're, if they need a gap guy for just, hey, four years, and they're like, hey, Belichick, can you just do four years at Bama while we scout around and find our next guy? And Belichick just taking over for his buddy. Vrabel, now you're saying Vrabel over at Ohio State. I had his name written down for Bama. It doesn't feel right for some reason. For some reason, the Ohio State thing feels a little bit more right for Mike Vrabel. But yeah. uh, I had his name down. I also had down Brian Dayball. He was the Alabama OC for mm. one year. I don't know if he would leave the Giants. He would be the Bama no, head coach. The Is the Giants head coach a better job? I don't know. I, don't, I, I think he's... I think he... It looks like he's pretty committed long-term there. I don't know. DeVito's keeping him around. Sirianni? Mm, what? Now we're getting a As little... As the Alabama like, head coach? Oh, my gosh. Now we're getting a little crazier. Fire up the sideline? going to say Andy Reid. All right, Sean McVay next. Can they give him the Amazon oh money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's going first to Amazon before he's going there. <laughs> oh yeah, I I think I've it auto corrected Amazon to Alabama for some reason. That's what I uh, meant to say. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Also, I I don't know if this is an Alab Wait, you want Alabama thing, but I did see that looking through some of these guys that Antonio Pierce does have a little bit of head uh, college, not head coaching experience, but some college coaching experience. Coached yeah. at Alabama State before he went to the Raiders. So mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, Pierce for the Bama job, but. Here's for some high-profile <laughs> college head coach job. I can see it. I can see him being a really good college head coach. Well, yeah, he might be. have to be looking for a job after Harbaugh comes in and replaces him. <laughs> oh, no. Har Harbaugh, <laughs> but, he's hey, still there. That's true. He's still there. He's still continuing. But uh, it is funny you bring up uh, Belichick because he is out. He doesn't have a job right no. now out of the Patriots. There was talk of him having an extension, but it doesn't look like uh, that looked like it wasn't quite it. But Patriots, similar to Alabama, already named their head coach, but this is an internal hire. Looks like it was a succession plan. Uh, the Patriots hired their first African-American coach in franchise history, Jared, Jared mm -hmm. Mayo. Um, shout out to the Pats. Uh, for making that decision, for, you know, bringing him, for having him in that succession plan, for planning this out, you know. I, I think it's a big step, you know, four coaches in the NFL. Finally, Tomlin doesn't have to be the only uh, the only black one. I mean, I guess there's Peters too, but. Um, Mika Ryans. You know, obviously in favor of, uh, who else? Mika Ryans. Uh, Demico Ryans, yeah, with Texans too, yeah. Yeah, there was a. So, yeah, shout out. I'm always in favor of more diversity at head coaching jobs. And, you know, it makes it makes the um, makes. I mean, they don't have to worry about the Rooney rule and stuff because they already went through the whole process uh, beforehand. But, yeah, Patriots got their guy. Belichick saga. Did I don't know what was more surprising, the way the the Saban end of saga ended or the way the Belichick saga ended? Because like we're saying I think Saban walked away a little bit earlier than we we expected. 
And I yeah. mean, the Belichick thing, obviously, I don't think that We've he definitely didn't. I don't, coming. Yeah, I don't think timing wise, it's surprising or it, I don't, you know, I think he could still stick around yeah. for a little bit and we wouldn't be shocked, but definitely the results without Brady have been a little bit surprising. What percentage of the Patriots struggles do you give? Do we attribute to Belichick now that he's gone? Was it 75% uh, Mac Jones? 95% Belichick. I mean, so Belichick also was the GM and he literally did give his quarterback. Uh, he gave his quarterback last year, a defensive coordinator for a whole season as his offensive coordinator. Like that's, that's, that's almost criminal, man. Like forget all the horrible draft picks, forget, you know, them still not adapting their culture, them not hiring new coaches, them, you know, hiring Belichick's son to be on the staff. He gave his quarterback, his young quarterback, a defensive coordinator as his offense coordinator for a whole year. I mean, and Patricia now is showing, continuing to show holes as his, uh, as his coaching with, um, who's he? The, over in Philly? The, uh, Philly, yeah. And Philly this year, I mean, their, their uh, rankings just go down the tank despite how much talent they have on that team. Um, and so – you know, maybe who knows how much was it Belichick and how much was it Patricia in terms of that New England defense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I put 95 plus percent on Belichick. I think it's a lot of it's his fault. And I'm really happy that this team is now able to grow without him. The thing that's really interesting about this hire is that, you know, like I, I do actually kind of like this Mayo hire and maybe we'll talk about some of the other assistants in a second, but I do think Shout that out. Mayo... I do think that Mayo could do a good job here for the Patriots. And like you said, the guy that is replacing the GOAT, even though the Belichick thing wasn't good at the end, still replacing Belichick is big shoes to fill. And I think uh yeah, I think Mayo's gonna do a good job taking over there. But I don't know I don't know if Mayo is a different type of coach than Belichick. It seems like it's still well, he's the not same the GM, right? Yeah, that is true. He doesn't have personnel control, but just in terms of like, you know, for one, he's still defensive minded, but just in terms of like Coulter driver type guy, you know, a lot of times when teams are making these head coaching changes, they're doing like dramatic opposite things. You know, they'll bring in a offensive play caller one time, then they'll bring in a defensive minded guy the next time. And I know, you know, Belichick's been there for a lot of years. They haven't been making the moves, but I think, you know, you think they're going to move on from Belichick. They have the number three pick in the draft as well, too. Maybe that's a quarterback. We kind of reset this thing in a different direction. And they're kind of, I think, still trying to continue to build the same way. Again, I think that Mayo is going to provide a lot of the same positive things that, you know, you think Belichick would provide. And th this is one of the things that, you know, again, we're, we're young, we're young football fans. We're seeing some stuff and, you know, we're, we're still constantly learning. And one of the things that I think that I have learned over, you know, this season recently is one of just the absolute most important things a head coach has to do, obviously is, you know, staffing, staffing might just be the most important thing a head coach has to do is just get good assistance. And then once you have good, good assistance, you can kind of figure everything out from there. And if they're not changing the coach stylistically, then I think that, you know, Kraft is looking at Mayo and going, 
hey, I think we have confidence in this, in this guy to staff the roster better than Belichick. So to me, that makes me think, like, what do you think about Belichick now as a guy who, I don't, like, he's not retiring like Saban. You know, they're parting ways. I think he's said, too, that yeah. he's expressed interest in the fact that he wants to continue coaching. So what, is that, what does that make you think about Belichick as a, a guy that maybe is going to get a second chance here in another job? Like, do you have confidence in him to, to continue coaching? Because I, I, the, the, the staffing thing is just, it's, un, it's been undeniably kind of disastrous the last couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he becomes, Belichick becomes a head coach or uh, assistant coach for one of these other teams, a defensive coordinator, you know, someone, an advisor maybe for one of these other teams. Um, someone's going to be picking Belichick's brand. I mean, that's just too much football in there to let it go. Um, but that's yeah, more I mean, likely. the Patriots. What's up? Do you think that's more likely? What's more likely, do you think? Him being a head coach or him being something else? Do you think he would do that? I don't know. Would he be an assistant? That's a question. I think you, you could talk me into the advisor thing before assistant. But do you think that's yeah. more likely than head coach? I think I think he might take another head coaching gig for a couple of years and then probably either move to an advisor, maybe back with the Patriots or retire. Uh, but mm, yeah, I could see him. I could see him take a head coaching job. Um, with another team, I think he's just you know it's just a way of life for him at this point. Um, in terms of being a football uh, coach, and there's too many teams that need a head coach to not offer him a decent contract. So I think one of these other seven teams will probably come along and try to snag him up. I mean, it's still Bill Belichick, you know, no matter how much the season has been. But you know, the person replacing him, you know, ten-year player. With uh, the Patriots, uh, well, as a as a middle linebacker, all pro, pro bowler, and uh, or eight years with um, eight years with the Pats, and yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, while there may be some concerns, you know, he he was, you know, even though they were considering maybe Josh McDaniels for this position, Mike Rabel was always oh. being also mentioned to be uh, the next Pats guy, you know, Mayo. Uh, was, you know, he's really respected in that uh, front office. Um, you know, really considered, you know, being a cerebral, tough, inspirational leader is what is mentioned for him. And just known for his attention to detail. It looks like, you know, he's the youngest coach in the NFL right now, 38 years old. Sorry. And it seems like he is definitely a worker. So I think the Patriots are just looking for their next guy to have the next 20, 30 years. And I think they really want to build something here. I think, you know, the Pats have shown, you know, undercraft did not really want to move a lot, change a lot. You know, you kind of craft has shown to be loyal to his guys as long as you're winning. And we'll, we'll have to see. But I'm pretty excited to see what we get here with Mayo. Um, you know, I think age is a factor. You know, you, you, as you get older or not, I mean, it's tough to be working even harder. And um, I think Mayo is is definitely the right kind of guy for this role. And, you know, shout out to him. You know, be a shout out to more diversity in the leadership positions in the league. Do you think it's important for Belichick to get another job for his legacy? Do you think he needs another coaching job without Brady to be like a successful run on a new team? 
I mean, I don't, I don't think he needs it. Um, I mean, I know he's trying to chase uh, Don Shula's record in terms of most wins, but I think, I think many would still have him up there, even if he never won a single another single game in the NFL. I think he's just fine. I think it's just more of his personal pride. We'll, we'll see. I mean, this is our, another team that he's going to. He's not going to get a lot of wins on unless, you know, he really turns it around. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't I, – I think he'll either – he'll probably join a team, you know, for the bag. But, you know, I, maybe his pride, uh, you know, similar to Brady playing on the Bucks. But I'd be surprised if he wins another ring or really ups his legacy. Um, if he continues to coach. And it's not like he needs to do or like up his legacy for the the best coach part of it. Because again, even if he doesn't win, you know, the, the case for that is probably already been cemented. But if yeah. we're talking like for football, if we're talking, I think, I think Belichick is interesting because Belichick with the way he was so influential with the personnel there and for how, long that run was of dominance in new england like he kind of has a chance to go down as the most or you know important person in football you know player coach gm whatever if he was you know i think maybe even with brady on the patriots up until they parted ways i think that you could have made the case that that was the way it was that belichick just in football history if you're just starting a franchise with anybody, player, coach, whatever, like you're taking Belichick. And Brady definitely, like Brady definitely jumped out and claimed, like the way he established himself in Tampa, jumped out and claimed that spot as, you know, greatest player of all time. But I think like greatest piece of football, you know, part of football, whatever of all time as well too. And I think, you know, Belichick, maybe, maybe he's not chasing just the coaching thing. But I think there could be like a bigger, he is the most important person that has been associated with the game with the way he impacts his team. I think that could be on the table for him. Like you're saying, though, I don't honestly know yeah. if if what what level he would need to get to for that happen. Because the thing is, Brady won the Super Bowl without him. So, I mean, in theory, mm-hmm. he kind of just has to win the Super Bowl in order to match Brady and then, you know, to pass him or whatever at that point and i don't know what that team is is there a team that you want to see him at is there is there a, a team that jumps off it's like a number one belichick fit for you as a potential landing spot i mean i know i've seen a lot of people i've seen a lot of people mention the chargers um i mean i think people oh uh, Jim i think that's my number one chargers. but yeah probably the chargers yeah just get their they, i mean to have the time again like you did with the patriots and then put that little extra, you know, uh, will to win and then, you know, change it up. I mean, it would scare me a little bit with the Chiefs. You have Sean Payton and Bill Belichick in my division. Because right now the only other vacancies are, I mean, I'm sure we'll go through some of these as well too, but Titans, Seahawks, Commanders, Falcons, Raiders, Panthers. I mean, yeah. you know, some of these teams, like I'm not saying these are bad jobs, but – I don't know if I see Belichick on any of these teams necessarily. I don't do none of those teams seem like Belichick teams, but if you get Herbert and you get kind of a big market as well too, I get they're not the main LA team, but they're in LA Herbert. There's some flashy pieces and you know, the defense, 
he gets some real studs back on defense too. You know, Khalil Mack was Pro Bowl guy. Joey Bosa is still there. Eric Hendricks had a fine season. Derwin James as well too. I don't, I don't know if they're going to keep Kellen Moore. I know he's been interviewing for head coaching jobs. We'll see what happens with him. But if they keep Kellen Moore, you know, it's probably the best offensive person that Belichick's worked with in the last couple of years. So that's, you know, at least takes that part of plate off of Belichick, that part of the, the responsibilities off his plate. I do, I do think that that would be a, in the NFL, that would be, if he's not going to take the Bama job, then maybe the Chargers job might be the best fit for him. I, I do kind of like that one. one. Yeah, that would be actually crazy if we had Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and Bill Belichick all in one team. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. If Jim Harbaugh was going to yeah, leave, yeah. would he have done it already? Uh, whatever helps you sleep at night, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't, you know, there's a lot of jobs open. And, I mean, the draft's uh, in April. You know. Yeah, maybe after the draft. Is the Raiders job better than the Michigan job? No, I don't think so. But I don't know. Maybe, who knows? They better just be paying them enough. Panthers? The Seahawks? Definitely not the Panthers. Jim Harbaugh is going to go work for Pete Carroll? <laughs> Uh, I mean, honestly, the commanders. Pete Carroll. Oh, oh! I interrupted. Yeah, I was the... just, I was just about to mention. No, you're right. I was just, I was just gonna mention. You know, we can go back to what we're saying, but mentioning that Pete Carroll has been, uh, his semi-retired. He's moved into the advisor role, no longer coaching the Seahawks. Um, and I don't know. He said it wasn't, wasn't football players who decided, or football people who decided the choice. So. I don't know. It's probably someone within the front office, but uh, he's the winningest coach in the franchise history. The only one to uh, lead this team to a Super Bowl, the Seahawks, and his 181 wins in the playoffs, time for the 13th ball. So, one of the best coaches out there. So I know you know we haven't gotten to Brable yet, but Brable is a guy that's probably going to get rehired. And like you're saying, Pete Carroll is a guy that is being moved into an advisory role. And maybe Pete Carroll could leave the organization and go get another head coaching job. You know, that's I'm not saying that that's not a possibility mm-hmm. for Carroll, but you know he obviously wants to stay with Seattle. So in order to do that, they don't want him to be the head coach anymore. So he's going to have to be an advisor, but. You know, what is the degree of separation between those two guys as candidates? Maybe you think Vrabel's better, but do you mm. think he's way better than Pete Carroll as a coach mm. right now? And, you know, Pete Carroll has the age thing, too. I know, you know, we mentioned it with Saban. He's in his 70s. But is there a major gap between those guys as coaching candidates currently? Yeah, I don't – I mean – I, I think Vrabel, it, it, it's surprising how ugly it got with the Titans. Um, but, you know, it was just all their players got old. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry had a really rough season this year. Tannehill did as well. So, Which of these was more surprising you know, to you? I don't – I mean, it's just I, between Vrabel and uh, – Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. I, I probably would have to stay Vrabel, though. Um, you know, I know Pete Carroll had a great season this year in terms of the team, you know, almost making the playoffs. You know, I was kind of saying Geno Smith was 
a faker out here. I'm just saying, yeah, I didn't, I knew he wasn't gonna, I knew he was gonna regress this year. But Pete Carroll's definitely older, you know, he's definitely, you can tell this team is kind of done with winning any Super Bowls anytime soon. And Vrabel's just a younger guy, and the Titans just don't have much of an identity outside of him. I mean, while you're trying to figure out what you have in Will Levis, you know, Tannehill is pretty much done. Derrick Henry is not nearly what he was like two years ago. So just keeping Vrabel and trying to keep this team together was interesting. But this team has shown that they want to kind of uh, rebuild, you know, trading Kevin Byard and, you know, not having A.J. Brown. This team has kind of always been cheap. Um, and so it's just, you know, trying to rely on uh, Jaylon and Burks. Burks, but they're Traylon. Traylon Burks. Yeah, this team has definitely been trying to get cheaper the last couple of years. And so, you know, uh, Vrabel is part of that, um, and which is too bad considering, you know, made an AFC championship game. I mean, this was a competitive team at one point. Vrabel to Seattle? And Pete Carroll just joined forces. A couple of I wouldn't be surprised. Points. That'd be that'd be a good fit for him. Be good, got, definitely a tough, you know. Toughest vibes, yeah. Yeah, they have they have, you know, winning at all. You know, winning with usually less resources than everyone else. Mm. And maybe it was just the age thing for Pete Carroll, but I was hearing a lot yeah. of people, you know, say like the defense regressed and all that stuff, but like you're saying, I thought the biggest thing, like if we were just power ranking things that Seattle needed to change for the off season, mm-hmm. I would have thought that Gino probably would have been the, you know, the quarterback position probably would have been the place to look there. Like just if you just yeah. go look at the stats, like between 2022 and 2023, that is the big drop off in the defense. You know, it didn't it didn't get worse. I think the points per game allowed is the exact same between the last two years. So, you know, they bring in a lot of young talent. Yeah. The fact that they didn't get better, maybe you say that that's a that's a bad thing. But again, they had a bunch of young talent there. And I thought the Witherspoon Woolen combo is a nice corner to have. They got they kind of over overperformed a little bit with their pass rushers this season. Yeah, definitely. So maybe, maybe maybe like you're saying, it was the age thing just for Pete Carroll, but I agree with you. The variable thing by a, a hair was a little bit more surprising, especially since they, you know, again, the Tana, like you're saying, the Tannehill thing, he's getting older, and Levis was a second round pick. I think he showed some flashes as well, too. Like, did you like what Will Levis showed this year? I think he definitely played a little bit better yeah. than I thought he would. No, definitely. I mean, his aggressiveness. Um, how he moved the ball, you know, getting, he looked pretty decently mobile, not super, but decent, you know, not scared to run out of the pocket. But I really liked some of the deep throws he made this past year. Pretty exciting player and, you know, pretty much the opposite of Tannehill. And who knows if he is, you know, ultimately a long-term starter there. But I think he's definitely a guy for the short term that is going to be able to fill that role well. And he's another guy, too, that has a vibe that seems like a could fit with Vrabel. Well, I don't know. Maybe were they fighting? I feel like Levis was yelling on the oh. sideline a lot this year. Probably. Was he yelling at Vrabel? Mm. I'm trying to remember you know, if he Vrabel was yelling. Wasn't at, there team. was definitely some Hopkins. He was having words with Hopkins. Yeah. Hop. I don't know. Maybe he was yelling at Vrabel. I don't Who know. Knows? 
doesn't look like anything pops up right away for them getting in the mix. But is Seattle the is Seattle the number one Brable spot? Do you like Seattle better than Ohio State? Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, because Ohio State should keep Ohio or should keep Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Yeah, they should they should keep him around. Definitely he, try to keep him around. Belichick but... to the Titans. We'll see. We will see. Oh no, that's right. We have Belichick on the Chargers. Belichick, yeah. Are you ready to do these NFL brackets, or do you want to cover coaches more? Are we doing playoff bracket? The NFL playoff brackets. The NFL playoffs start tomorrow. Um, and we're gonna break it all down. We're gonna tell y'all. Hey, make sure you have your pens and papers out, boys and girls. Those kids and everyone. Get your – we're going to be telling you every pick that happens and our Super Bowl champions just so when it actually comes true, it happens. Shout out the Super Bowl graphic. I don't know. The colors are Baltimore and San Francisco. Who knows? I don't know. The league's trying to call it call it in. I don't know. We'll see. Is we'll it see. But um, maybe. Uh, but, Rem, let's – Let's get through these picks. You know, we can stop if we really want to break it down. Uh, but let's start over in the AFC with the team that snuck in, the team that, you know, out of your conference, I try to tell you all year, CJ Stroud is legit. Mm. And looky here, we got his rookie self in the playoffs. You know, we talked a little bit off the show. And, you know, not to rub it in, but you want to give a little Caesar review for the Colts while we're here looking at the team that came out of your con- or division? Well, I don't even feel like you have to rub it in because I think it was still, in a way, a successful season for the Colts. Now, was it the best case scenario? Was it the best version of the season? No, but, you know, once Anthony Richardson went down, the big picture goals of the season changed because right now the the main goal of the organization is Anthony Richardson's development is making sure that everything is set up for him becoming the best quarterback that he possibly can be. So once he was out, I honestly, I didn't really know what I wanted the Colts to do at that point, because if you lose games, we're obviously getting a better draft pick. Maybe, you know, I don't know how high we could have gotten, but maybe, I don't know if we're bringing in somebody like Brock Bowers. I know Chris Ballard loves to draft tight ends, but Mm-hmm. I think I do think the fact that they went out there were competitive one in one games. I did really like that. There's a lot of veterans on this roster. And I thought Steichen's play calling all year, I really did think was fantastic. And even on that last drive against Houston, just running the ball, Minshew, that whole game was a little bit off, wasn't really hitting his passes. And honestly, that's the reason that the last play didn't work. It was because Minshew, the throw was a little bit off. Tyler Goodson, you know, turns his head doesn't uh complete the catch and you know they don't get the they don't get the first down so i don't think anything that this i don't think anything that happened this season has to be on Steichen, and i don't think it has to be one of those seasons where we had to point blame again without richardson it was kind of like just play the season out we're gonna play the best football we can and whatever happens happens because we don't have our young guy that we're gonna develop and it's not like we're gonna win the super bowl without him anyways or we're that kind of team right now and we're in that position so i thought this team was a success and i really i really again I've, i'm all in on wow. Richardson as a guy 
And I am all in on Steichen as the coach to develop him because I think he's has shown now that through his career that he gets the best out of the quarterback that he has. And I think, you know, he's shown that with guys like Herbert and Ertz. And, you know, he didn't make the playoffs this year with Minshew, but I thought he maximized what he has with him. And I think he's going to do that with Anthony Richardson. So I like what I saw. All sunny days with Ram. I mean, I think not um, subbing in Jalen Jonathan Taylor is kind of a little bit of an indictment, at least on fourth down. But, you know, that's... Well, maybe he's uh, not think, that open. Know, the team... <laughs> he was wide open. He had the... Bat... He just got to make the catch. Horrible drop. Oh, my gosh. This is a bad drop. But, um, yeah, but I, I was impressed by your team to compete for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I definitely, I was trying to give you all hope about Garden Minshew before the beginning of the year. I just had a feeling he was going to play most of the season and he mm -hmm. did. So it's, it's, it's tough, but onto the game that we are looking at, the Browns are headed to Houston to take on the Texans. And for once, the, uh, Cleveland for, for since the first time since 1994, that they are favored in a playoff game. Um, the only Ooh, the last time years? in 1994. Yeah, last time in 94. Uh, it was actually Bill Belichick's only postseason win as a Browns head coach. Oh, so um, yeah, it's all coming around. But uh, Joe Flacco, I think last week we talked a little bit about Flacco, a little bit of lack of trust in him, and after seeing how. The Texans handled business to get in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to be going out in the first round. So I'm uh, I'm definitely going with uh, the Browns to take this first – or the Texans at home to take this first game. Oh, you're in on the Texans? I'm Rookie all in. Stroud, Rookie Stroud versus Browns defense doesn't make you nervous? Versus Hall of Fame. Uh, Versus Hall of Famer uh, uh, Joe Flacco. Now, let me see if they played them earlier this season because I think they did. So they played the Texans in week 16, 16 but Stroud was out. So that was Case Keenum. Yeah. And again, I know the, the Browns defense all year has been one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best. But if you yeah. look at the if you look at the end of the season run here for quarterbacks that they played. I mean, they played Pittsburgh. Was was this with Kenny Pickett? This was Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. They won. Then they lost to Russell Wilson, who was kind of playing well. Lost to Stafford. Beat Trevor Lawrence, who I think is talented, but wasn't playing well to end the year. Beat Fields. Beat Keenum. Beat the Jets. Beat Browning. Or, sorry, lost to Browning, but, you know, they were resting all their guys. So it's not like Flacco has necessarily gone against a, a murderer's row of posing quarterbacks. And when he faced, you know, Stafford's the best one in that group. And I went back and watched some of the stuff from that game as well, too, earlier. And, you know, Puka Nakua was getting open on some of these corners, and I think they were able to move the ball a little bit. And I Flacco, he's going to have time. The offensive line is going to be able to protect, but... Yeah. Honestly, I think I think I'm kind of agreeing with you because I don't I just don't want to pick against Stroud. Because we were kind of yeah. alluding to this last week, but 
going into the playoffs right now, I'm just, of all the quarterbacks, he is one of the guys that I am most confident in. And I honestly don't know where that's going to, I don't know how to filter that in for like the whole bracket here. I still don't really know what the, the ceiling uh, is for this team. But Stroud just week to week, his consistency has been near the top of the league. And I'm just about as confident in him as I am in, in any of these quarterbacks. So even against the Browns defense, and his, his numbers against pressure are good too. So I don't even know if is the Browns defense even going to matter against Stroud. Because he's just going to be running around and making good passes anyways. He had that pass against the Colts last week where the defender just like barrels into him and he still is able to lay it out there for Nico Collins. So weirdly enough, like Stroud is built to go against this Browns defense. So I don't know. Would you rather have seen Stroud in that regular season matchup? Or do you like the fact that this is like his first time going against him? It's new. We've never seen it before. I mean... I would have liked some experience, um, obviously, against the team if they had it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, they will be getting their wide receivers back in Noah Brown and Robert Woods. Um, and so, I mean, saying, as long as warm-ups go well, they should be playing. Um, yeah, so um, that's going to be big, especially since they don't have a Tank Dell. I think he's out for the season. Yeah. So, they still have they still have Nico Collins, um, who who um, Stroud hit for the first play of the game. You know the first drive for seventy five yards or so. I, I think he he'll be just fine, and he's at home. I think him being at home is also huge. That's huge. And going up against Joe Flacco, you know, you already mentioned he's he's pretty unreliable. He'll give you he'll give you a pick or two. He'll give you an interception or two, and that'll keep the Texans around even if they don't score or score on every drive. Let's look up the odds right now for Joe Flacco interception because I don't even know if it's going to be one. It's going to be two, right? He's averaging like two a game, two and a half. And Stroud is just, Stroud's not going to throw a pick, right? Or one at the max? Maybe. We'll see. But yeah, I don't think it should be too much. And this is the first, first game of the slate. The early game on the, the Saturday Slate Flacco's over under right now 275 for pass yards is interesting. Minus 148 for one interception. They don't have alt interceptions, so you can't bet like two or three. FanDuel, do alt lines for the interceptions. I want to bet Joe Flacco two plus mm-hmm. interceptions. I want to make some money on that. The problem is in the other games, like we're saying, they lost that Rams game, they scored 19 points. Yeah. In the other games, you know, 31, 36, 37, Flacco's been over 300 yards. So, like we're saying, they've been able to move the ball and do some successful stuff. The, the one thing that I don't know if they're going to be able to do, and maybe it's going to matter, like, are they going to be able to run the ball in this game? Because the Rams were able to run the ball a little bit mm. when they were able to beat him. Tyron Williams was, you know, doing a little bit in that game. And I know Singletary's had some moments, but do you think Stroud's going to need the run game in this one? I mean, he hasn't in the past to really need it, need it. Um, you know, he. I mean, it would be good to have it, have that uh, change off. Uh, but I think he can definitely beat this team without the run. Um, and, you know, just because of the number of air yards, how aggressive he can, with how accurate he can be, um, I think this team so far has found no issue with throwing it and we'll we'll see i mean i think they should be able to 
make it without a run game. But that doesn't mean they want her to have kind of almost agree with you, which if they don't need the run game to beat this team, then it's like, why am I not picking CJ Stroud? So I do yeah. kind of think that this this offense might have the the firepower to do it. This is a tough matchup on paper, though, for a rookie quarterback to go up against this potential pass rush, you know, to go up against Miles Garrett in your first playoff game. But D'Amico Ryan versus Kevin Stefanski as well, too. I don't know who, you know, I think you may be able to argue that. Do the coaches have the, do the Texans have the head coach advantage there? And the Texans defense has been playing well too. I Will Anderson's been playing well lately. Stingley's back and he's playing healthy. Yeah. I want to be able, we should do individual props. Can I do Stingley to have the interception uh, on Joe maybe. Flacco? Because I think, I think, oh, plus five to one. Stingley interception, five to one. Lock that in. That is free money. Derek Stingley will have a pick in this game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but we'll see. I know Stingley's definitely been playing better. He's definitely been playing the last couple of games. Um, but um yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye. But shout out Houston making that second round coming up against Baltimore. We'll touch base with them later. Next game on Peacock only, Miami visiting Kansas City. And I'm going to keep it 100%. This is the most I've not cared about a Chiefs team in a long time. I mean, this this team is just so whiny and no wide receivers, and it's so hard to watch. It's such a hard team to watch. Uh, but despite all that, I do think that – I mean, obviously i got to pick the Chiefs here. I do think they're going to find a way at home. If this was on the road, it'd be a lot more shaky. I'd be a lot more sweating. But considering Miami's records against a team above 500 any playoff teams, it's been bad. It's been 10 bad, and they kind of do feel like a fluke team. Are you signing up for Peacock? Do you have to get it to watch this one? Yeah. And no, I'm not signing up. But yes, you do. Mm, we got well, I think. Yeah, yeah but... In theory, like, where, 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 where would this game, like, let's just say, let's just say you had to sign up for this game. Would you? Like, do you Probably, think this is, just do you think Dolphins, this is a smart move? But... Um, Putting this game we'll exclusive see. like this? I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty tough. Cause you know, they just want to force people to watch an actual meaningful game. I'm pretty bad. Um, so I saw somewhere yeah, I mean, that. Long... All right. Well, I saw somewhere that they paid $110 million for this game. So if they yes. want to make their money back on subscribers, it looks like Peacock is six bucks a month. So they're going to need 18, 18 million people to sign up for this game. To make their money back, 18 new 18 million new people for an NFL playoff game. Is that number attainable? I mean, maybe. The thing is- I mean they've had they had an average of 17 point like seven million viewers per game this last season. And this is a playoff game with the Chiefs and the Dolphins, you know, two of the bigger mm-hmm. franchises. That's true. Pat Mahomes, too. NFL oh my is gosh. number one. The Pistons are losing. They, they were up by like 
five or six against the Rockets. And then, of course, at home, they find a way to blow this lead. All right, back to what you're saying, Sarah. Well, no, I was trying to figure out what a playoff game gets for average viewers. And we're getting some yeah. numbers here. I've seen are... some graphic. Pretty big. What did you see? Yeah, I was seeing some graphic, though, saying 17.7, and that it's been the most viewers since, like, 2019. I'm getting for last season. Last season, is this the divisional round? Last season, in the divisional round, the games averaged 37 million viewers. Oh, okay. Up 21%. My guess is that's pretty mm-hmm. high. Oh, and this might. Oh, this is from the. This is back from the 2021 season too. This is an older article. Yeah. So the the Chiefs that Chiefs Bills game that divisional game classic. Uh, 42 million viewers for that primetime mm-hmm. matchup. So let's just say there's 20 million people that want to tune into this game. I don't know that maybe that it, honestly, once I, once I saw 18 million, that might not be a bad number for an NFL playoff game. I don't know. Maybe the yeah. people over at Peacock did their math, right? Hey, look, these guys know what they're doing, getting people on there. I think it does make sense for Peacock. Um, it just doesn't make sense for the viewers, but you know, this decision wasn't made for the viewers. It wasn't made for money. So. Is six uh, bucks a good pay-per-view price for an NFL game. If you had to game? pay, if you had to play, if you had to pay six bucks per playoff game, was that a good deal? Mm, I think it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, not like you're gonna find that, but yeah, might get a little expensive, especially since the playoff games are used for. Yeah, find ways to get them for free, but maybe it is just the Chiefs year, team this year too that would make you a little bit hesitant because if this was a Chiefs team from a couple seasons ago, where you're like. Oh yeah, we can yeah. go and take care of business and be just fine. No, I'd be in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'd uh, be in there and throw a pause in there. But Tyreek Hill throwing the Tyreek Hill returning to Kansas City because when you That's guys true. played him played him earlier so. this year in London, it was overseas. He was so hurt. yeah, yeah, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, is this his first game back? So this will be his first game officially in back. KC, the first official return. Yeah, That's crazy. In the playoffs, um, yeah, it sucked if he was the reason he made it. They win, um, but if they win, it probably is going to be because of him. Do you think the weather works in your advantage? Because I think right now they're saying it's going to be negative. Is the wind chill negative thirty right now? I think that well, not right now, but like I think for the game, last time I looked it up, they were saying negative thirty. I don't know if they were saying snow, but if it's going to be like super cold, if it's going to yeah. be like a run. If it's going to be a run-focused game, do you actually like your odds in that? Is that a, a run-focused? If it's going to be like a run-focused, like focus. a run-heavy game? Oh. Um, no, because Pacheco is so, so injury-prone. That's still got to be a throwing potential. I mean, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, we could see if he can take a lot of carries. But, and we obviously do need to trade off. To open those passing lanes, but yeah, I can definitely see our team leaning towards passing. So Pacheco, the last seven yeah. games has been seventy-three yards a game, four touchdowns as well. Over the last seven games, 
He's kind of been the best player in your offense. I think Papa Price might have mentioned that too when uh, we yeah. had him on. And that would have been like right as this uh, stretch would have started for Pacheco. But 73 yards a game mm-hmm. puts him on about a 1,200-yard pace for the season. You just got to stay healthy. So, yeah, you're right. If he if he, if he he is staying healthy, though, you got, I don't know if you guys run – I'm not saying you guys necessarily run the ball better than the Dolphins, but for your offense specifically, <laughs> if you guys are forced to run the ball, that might actually be a good thing for you because Pacheco doing it has been the best thing in your offense. It's been yeah. the thing you guys have been, been – it's been the one thing that's actually been working for you. No, definitely. It's definitely been one of the few things working on this team. So tough to watch him, especially once my home started complaining. Uh-huh. All I'm right, uh, going week. to the team. Uh, going to the team that they're probably playing the Chiefs. Um, it's Pittsburgh at Buffalo, and I mean, I guess it is weird, you know, going to chalk. I don't know. I can't pick Mason Rudolph. To beat the Bills, but I actually I don't know. The Bills have been, like we mentioned already, shaking themselves. You know, playoff pressures. I I don't know, Rem. Do you think do you think there's any shot for Steelers here to pull an upset? So Fataport said on the Tuesday pod that he kind of liked the Steelers in this game. I don't know though. The Bills right now have kind of been playing good. The DVOA number for them as well this season has been, you know, they've been top of the league in DVOA all year. They're number three right now as we head into the playoffs. And they're kind of like a, like your team where I know their offense is not necessarily playing the best as you know, compared to where it's been in the past. But them yeah. becoming more run-centric has seemed to benefit them. And James Cook was a pro bowler this year. I know Josh Allen has had his interception problems, but again, their ability to run the ball has really, I think, made them, uh, you know, again, they're obviously not playing better, but it's in a way made them a, a tougher team to beat. Their defense is still able to get a stop when it needs to. So this is another one, cold weather, maybe it's a ugly game. And I think the Bills can just run the ball better than the Steelers. And I know Mason Rudolph has looked good the last couple of weeks. But him going into Buffalo and beating Josh Allen is still a tall, t- tall ask. I actually do really. I when Fatiport picked the Steelers, I that really makes me want to pick them because I know Fatiport's good at picking an upset. He can definitely uh, see it coming. Pause. But I don't know the Bills. The Bills numbers right now seem uh, they're just a little bit too tough to overlook. I'm really leaning Josh Allen. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I really like the Steelers as an upset team, as mm. a team to come and you know make some noise coming from that tough division. I mean, they're the lowest team in their division with nine and eight. Um, but their the rest of their team, you know, going up against going up against the Bills, like we mentioned, is a tough task. I mean, the Bills had a second there where they looked like they're out the playoffs, and then they came staying with storm back to win the division, and. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see um, what they do in this game um, after having so much time for coaching, um, how how the Steelers are going to try to attack the Bills and their weaknesses, because they do have a couple of glaring weaknesses. Are you going to, so are you going to pick Steelers then? Are you going to commit to the Steelers upset? 
Because I think um, I, you I know had, what I, Buffalo at home is kind of shaky sometimes. Yeah. Because um, I honestly had I think, it written down Steelers over. I've written down Steelers over Bills because of what Fatterport said. But the more I looked into the numbers, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pick the Bills. But I. I I'm think we also Steelers. can't have the same pick. Yeah, we can't. I don't. I think we can't have the same pick. I got you. Okay. No, we're taking Steelers. I don't. I think the I'm at home is kind of shaky. They're kind of like overlooking this team, and. You know, they, this team has obviously had issues at some point to be limping into the playoffs. So. But uh, flipping over to the NFC side, Eagles versus Tampa Bay. I, You know, going from one, the one that probably has the biggest upset on the, the one really for an upset on uh, the AFC to the NFC now. I mean, Ram, does this kid continue the Eagles finish the season uh, losing the last, I think it's four out of five games? Um, and one of those games, of course, they, you know, did they did they have anyone playing in that in that last game against the Giants? I don't think so. First half. But they were still losing when they yeah. were playing. Yeah. So, but yeah, only barely beating the Cardinals. Um, in that stretch, but you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, six losses, yeah, so five out of six losses, yeah, barely beating the Giants the last time they played them on Christmas Day. And I was watching that game, and I was really, you know, I really thought they, the Giants could um, pull the upset there, but <clears throat> I mean, Ram, the I mean, I gotta I gotta go with the Eagles here just because I, I just think the Bucks are way too unpredictable. But I mean, does not Eagles going on the road, you know, sway you a little bit you on this on this game at all? Yeah, I think I would be much more confident if this was Eagles Bucks home Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are the link. The, the Eagles are the better team on paper going into this game. Yeah. And I think you're right. The Bucks like Bucks are if you look at the record, the Bucks are on kind of a heater right now. They've won 5 of their last 6 going into the playoffs, but they lost that Saints game and I think that that was a that would have been a nice win to have. Again, you know, maybe winning 6 in a row going into the playoffs. You're like, "Whoa, this team is really on." But they could have looked a little bit better in that Saints game and then 9 to nothing against the Panthers, you know, holding the Panthers to 0 points, but 9 points for your offense. So I think you're right. The Bucks themselves could be looking a little bit better going into the playoffs for a potential upset team. But I think, do the Eagles have everybody healthy too? Is AJ Brown back as well? Everybody's looking good. Um, do we have an AJ Brown? Oh, we got some breaking news here. Oh, oh live on the is this going to sway my pick? I was, I was, I was, it might. It's going to sway mine. AJ Brown removes all Eagles content off of Instagram, deactivates Twitter ahead of game. He's missed the last two days of practice, was not at his locker today. And yeah, you look up AJ Brown's content, it's all off. Um, It's very clear that he's not happy with what's going on. Um, You know, and you know, when he was in contract disputes with Tennessee, he took Tennessee off his X bio. Um, you know, there's he, you know, so social media has been a way that he has shown uh distress. And so, you know, he had he missed he missed the two practices. Um, 
that he had with the knee injury after, you know, week 18 against the Giants, which, I mean, oh, my gosh, why, why are we playing these guys? Um, so, you know, it made me not think that he was not on his locker Friday, but deleting all of Eagles content from his uh, from his social media. Also, he has not been talking to the media the last couple of weeks. Um, and he said, he said, if I, I was taught, if I have nothing good to say, wait, if I, I was taught, if I had nothing good to say, to not say anything, I'll take the mm -hmm. fine if I have to. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, it, you know, Jalen Hurts calling out the team's commitment after the loss to the Seahawks, you know, the defense, it seems like is more of the issue. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a yikes. It's yikes. I mean, they they had issues before they switched to Matt Patricia as the defense caller. I don't know. A.J. Brown's kind of been the only good player on this team, like great player on this team. Jalen Hurts has had some issues now. Injuries, I think, have affected him. But if there was one player, I mean, the best player on their team, I think it's A.J. Brown. And if he's got issues, I, I on the Eagles going and flying into, uh, into Tampa Bay on the road, I, I'm getting really worried here. Against uh, the Bucks, who've had some surprising wins this last past season. Oh, I it it matters to me. I not only I I don't think it just swayed my pick while we were talking. I just took the Bucks money line. They're plus odds, just in case anything happens, just in case things things starts a moving. Right, AJ now. Brown. AJ Brown is like the offensive MVP. There's like two guys on this offense that matter. When I'm like, who who's playing? Yeah. It's AJ Brown and Jason Kelsey. If those two guys are in, I'm like, okay, did this team in? You know, if Hurts is playing well, obviously Hurts as well, too. But if AJ Brown is yeah. out, I don't know. I mean, last time, last time they played each other, um, it was week three, and Jalen Hurts had two picks against this team. You know, the the Bucks, they they just couldn't get their offense scoring. Um, they only had three points after three quarters, but the Eagles only put up 25 points on this team. You know, A.J. Brown did have a field day, 131 mm. points against them. Uh, or, or, I mean, yards, obviously, but I I, I don't know. They just take those I off mean, the board. Yeah, I know. And, you know, their defense is a lot worse in the Eagles. Um, you know, Mayfield, he's, he's had a lot more time to – Get used to his wide receivers, get used to his team. You know, he was obviously in a hot streak at this point. But, I mean, it was a close game for most of the way. Uh, Monday Night Football and the bright lights. Um, I mean, it was in Tampa Bay as well. But, you know, you take a couple tush pushes out of there and uh, who knows what happens. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in on the bus the more I talk about it. Another big piece of this when we're talking about guys that matter is, you know, A.J. Brown is one of them. Jason Kelsey is the other one. But defensively, I think if we're looking at, you know, and we're trying to pinpoint reasons that the defense hasn't played well, because the thing with the Eagles is, like, can we just, for, we, can we just, for, do we have to forget about the first half of the season when they were, like, 10-1? and one? Like, does that just not matter? Is this team, is this team that mm. Steelers team? That was like 12 and 0. Is that what this team is? Or is it, you know, actually a good team? But one of the first, you know, through the first first half of the season, one of the mm -hmm. big stars of this defense was the rookie Jalen Carter, who had 14 pressures, four sacks through the first eight games. 
the last eight games, only four pressures, two sacks. I think Jordan Davis as well, the other young stud, I think some of his numbers have gone down the back half of the season. And I know you look in the secondary, like Bradbury, some of the numbers that he's allowed this year have uh, been, yeah. you know, some of the higher numbers in the league. But Carter as well, too. I feel like I feel like Carter's production just the last half of the year really fell off a little bit, his impact. And I was trying to see if I could find defensive rookie of the year odds as well, too. I don't know if they still have those out this late in the season. But it seemed like through the first half of the year that he was basically a lock to win that award. And by the end of the season, I mean, the way Will Anderson was playing, Devon Witherspoon, I think Witherspoon might have even been in the Pro Bowl as well, too. And Carter, who, again, was not just a lock to be like a rookie of the year. Like, we were like, oh, is Jalen Carter going to be on one of the All-Pro teams? And uh, he missed out on those. And not a Pro Bowl as well, too. So, like you're saying, some of their good players aren't playing well, and now their studs are missing. Can we rely? Is this like a, a Jalen Hurts has to carry the team type of game? On the road, too. I don't – this team is a lot more splintered than that first team in week three. They're a lot shakier, you know, a lot more question marks on defense, a lot more people doubting them. And you know those Philly fans can be ruthless. I don't know. I, I think I kind of got to go with the Bucks here. You know, am I – are we going to be – is it going to be totally crazy if um, if it's the if it's the Eagles who win this game? No, but I do actually think the Bucks are going to are going to take this win just because of how shaky this defense is, how kind of splintered this team has been, and just because of um, just the uh, just because of you know that AJ Brown thing is real. It's real. I mean, he's had. It's similar to Stephon Diggs. A lot of these, you know, big-time wide receivers, if they don't believe in your team, it's just not it. It's just not happening. I think I, I think I agree with you. I think I'm going Bucks. All right, we're both we're both we're both taking the Bucks. All right, moving on to the next game. Are we overreacting? Uh, I don't think we are. No, I don't. I mean, this is definitely like kind of like their most important player on offense for sure. I mean, I don't. You and know. like you're saying, he anyway, was probably the reason uh, they won that first game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. He, I mean, 131 yards. You know, a couple of touch pushes, and who knows? Moving on to the next game, Rams, the Stafford and uh, Stafford and Goff trade mm. comes to a head. You know, both have, you know, I mean, comparing stats and while the Rams have a Super Bowl ring, they both have gotten similar number of wins, stuff like that. So now it's the showdown. And, you know, I, I really do think this game could go either way, but I, I really think the Lions are going to handle business mm. at home. They feel like a playoff team. They, they I think they have the veterans or they have the quality on both sides of the ball. And I don't know. I mean, I know the Rams are going to give them a run for their money for sure. This is not going to be an easy out by any means whatsoever. But uh, I don't, you know. And the Ram, the Rams. Uh, I'm. I think they're. I think they're going to get knocked out here in the first round. Even though they've gone into the playoffs on a four-game winning streak, and that fifth game, fifth game, fifth game was a overtime loss to the Ravens. This is brutal for Lions fans. This is, I think, I don't know if this is worst case scenario, but I mean, the Rams are 
one of the like NFC teams or one of the teams that's playing better football down the stretch here in the NFC. Like we're saying, they're you know they beat the Browns. They've you know had some. I don't think they necessarily look good against the Niners, but they've had some other good performances as well. I know Stafford's numbers have looked good. He hadn't turned the ball over for a while there down the down the stretch of the season. So, you know, for for the Lions fans going into the playoffs, they win the division, they break that streak, and to be, you know, on that kind of emotional high. But to get this yeah. matchup where I think, you know, you win the division and get the home playoff game, and I don't want to say that division win feels like a lock, but you mm-hmm. get like a breath of fresh air saying, okay, we definitely have a big advantage going in there. And not only is it not only is it a team that's playing well, it's literally a quarterback that is maybe the best quarterback in you know recent franchise history. I mean, we'd have to go back away. I don't you know I don't want to disrespect guys like Bobby Lane, but Stafford is very familiar with playing in that arena, playing well, and the offense as well too, with the yeah. secondary of the you know some of the corner struggles that the Lions have had. Is this going to be another? Is this going to be another one where we disagree? Because I'm really leaning Rams, and I know you know wow, the Stafford like the it. Stafford golf thing is going to be the the money line yeah. headline. You know that's going to be the 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 a plus the a the a block piece on the you know whatever broadcast network that this one's going to be on. But what's a more yeah. important matchup for this one, Stafford or, or Goff or McVay or Campbell? Because again, I think the job that McVay has done with this Rams team, turning them around and getting them playing this well, going into the playoffs, it's just a scary matchup for Lions fans. It's a very scary one. Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, but, you know, they do have uh, Sam Laporta. He is practicing again. So it looks like he'll be back. So at least you, you know, you get, you know, a player who's probably, he's questionable, but probably has had, you know, the best rookie. Uh, season uh, ever and you know while the while the Rams have probably you know wide receiver who had one of the best um, rookie seasons ever for him too uh, you know I think he tied with I think he tied I'm trying to remember if it was receptions or touchdowns there's something he tied with yards um, yeah I think it, something was tied um, but I do I, I just think the Lions you know I while the Rams are hot, I think the Lions are just – they feel like a more consistent team. Yes, they lost to the Bears and the Packers. You know, they've had struggles within their own division. Um, and, you know, losing badly to the Ravens. I don't know. I mean, I just – it's it's tough, you know. You're going to be able to run the ball a little bit with no Kyron play, Williams? But, yeah, I guess. Um Let's see, seeing both teams' body of work, you know, they've had a whole season. You know, that's why we play it. Um, yeah, I mean, the I guess the Rams have won the last, let's see. Richardson versus Donald? I mean, they've won the last seven of eight games. So, I don't, I don't know. What's it's that close. loss? I think it's, it's going to be a close game. Um, but I think Detroit is good at home. Um, let me see here. What is their record on actually? Before I go spouting stuff. So, uh, so they, now, yeah, they are six and two at home. Uh, Rams are five and four on the road. So you know, 
Um, not not a great home record. I just I think the Lions are a more built team for the playoffs. And I I really I, I really like this team to hold it down. You know, it isn't gonna be easy. Um, it's gonna take a lot to knock off this Rams team, but I'm sticking with my pit in the blinds. Seven of eight after the bye, like you said, at the end of the year, and then that one loss was in overtime to the Ravens. Put up 31 yeah. on the Ravens. Put up 36 on the Browns. Stafford. Yeah. Puka not, Nakua versus Amon Ra. It's going to be close. I can't. I can't wait. It's going to be. It's going to be a Rams Bucks parlay. We'll see if, if uh, Goff will be looking for revenge. All right. Um, moving on, we got uh, the last uh, wild card game in the playoffs here. The Packers. It's the last game for this week. Dallas. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think this is pretty easily the easiest game to pick. I think, I don't know if Dallas lost at home yet. All season. Um, mm. But yeah, the Packers with love looking shakier than ever, you know, and um, let's see here. What is the record? I think, I think Dallas stayed perfect at home. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They they're eight. No. Yeah. They didn't lose at home. And I don't think this, con that continues. I think that continues this next week against the Packers. Um, who kind of, I think, yeah, they, they, you know, they won a couple games here to end the season, but it was against the Bears, Panthers, and Vikings, you know, lost to the Bucks, lost to the Giants, um, somehow beat the Chiefs and Lions, but I, I, I think they, they are, they're just so up and down, you know, either you get a great Jordan Love game or not good at all, just because of the difficulty of throws he's taking, and to be one of the teams that lost to the worst team in the league, Almost, you know, giving up 30 points to the Panthers is, is a yikes. So I, I got to go. I got to go with uh, Dallas at home. They're just their Their rankings are through the roof, both on offense and defense. They're, they're one of the best and best overall units in the league. And as long as Dak Prescott doesn't mess anything up, I think they should be good. Let me see if they yeah, they didn't play this year. Um, each other in the season, but I think I mm -hmm. think the Packers, pack poor Packers, will get handled down in Dallas. Mm, pause. But I think the and the Cowboys win streak too goes back to last season. They did their last home loss was Week One versus Tampa of last year. So that's uh, fifteen in a row at home for the Cowboys, yeah. and their two playoff yeah, losses or their. Or sorry, their two playoff games last year were on the road as well too. They won at Tampa and then lost at San Francisco. And they, the thing is, they did win at Tampa last year. So Dak, I don't think it's not like we have to be like, "Ooh, can Dak win a playoff game?" Like he and they won that game yeah. pretty dominantly as well too. So you know, the Packers may be able to do some feisty stuff in this game. Pause. But I do think that Dak, the defense, is going to be able to get this one done and. I do think big picture as well, too. But I do just kind of trust Dak going into the playoffs. I think Dak has played really well just this season. I think he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the league. And he's played really well down the stretch here. So I think maybe he was second team all pro as well, too, which 
I don't want to, I think might be pretty fitting for the way he played this year. So I trust Dak in the playoffs. I trust this defense. And like you're saying, Jordan Love is up and down. But I mean, just in general for the Packers, getting to see Jordan Love in a playoff game is going to be nice because they had him on the yeah. one-year contract this year. They're going to have to make a long-term decision. And I think the decision might already have been made. You know, I think he'll probably return. But getting playoff reps, seeing him on a big stage, I think big picture for this team, I think it will be nice to see these young guys in that matchup. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. Um and I yeah, I think you know, Dallas, this is, you know, they're gonna they're gonna handle business and then everyone's gonna pick them to be the Super Bowl champion. So, you know, it'll be a typical Dallas walkover and um I don't know, they could actually I think they could um make a serious case to be in the conference championship this year. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. Did we want to save our picks? Are we going? Are we going one by one here? Like for a full bracket, so you mean? For next week. Oh right, yeah, well, we just we'll just go through. All right, we can keep on trucking. Wait, were you were you saying it. save them? Is that what you were saying? No, let's let's just truck through them. We can just truck through them. It's your call. We can do a rapid fire. Rest of the bracket, quick. Yeah, bracket, yeah, we can do a rest of the bracket. Yeah, pretty rapid fire. Um. Going back to AFC, Houston, Baltimore. Did you have the Browns winning that game? I think you had Houston as well. I had I had Houston, yeah. Okay. All right. Both of us having Houston. I think Baltimore. I don't know. Last time they were in the number one seed, they choked away the game. But um, I think this is a different team. I think they've had enough scars. And I think the Ravens take care of business. I think if we're just doing these picks right now without having seen Stroud in that playoff game against the Bills, you know, how how deep of a run do we want to make him go? But that's a tough one. Do we want him, the Ravens, do we wow. want the one-seed Ravens to lose the first round? In the rapid-fire wow. bracket, I don't think we can do it. I think we have to pick the Ravens. But I think that game is three. I think that's Justin Tucker, 48 yards at the end of the game to win. Is it with... Would that be the best coaching job by a rookie quarterback and rookie head coach to go from a top what five pick to conference championship beating the number one team in the league, <laughs> number one team in the conference? That'd be crazy. Um, I was consider betting them to win the banana. conference. Yeah. All right. Well, I have the Chiefs at home taking Pittsburgh, and you know. Despite oh, is that Mason why you Rudolph. picked the, the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all good. They'll so the Chiefs home. can play the Steelers oh. instead of the Bills? Exactly, exactly. And then they're at home playing the playing the Steelers, and um, I think they'll, they'll they'll handle business there. You know, I don't think Lightning will strike twice for Mason Rudolph. Yeah, you have the you have the Steelers, so yeah. That makes it easier to pick the Chiefs. The problem is now we have the playoff history of Mahomes versus Josh Allen in play. And I do mm -hmm. think that they're both run-heavy teams. I think your defense is a little bit better. I think it's close. That's an ugly one. I think it's 13. I think it's like 16, 19. It's low scoring. Maybe there's like no points in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs just kind of milk the clock and end the game. But... Let's say the Chiefs beat the Bills. 
Yeah, I mean, it was 20 to 17 last time. There was that whole controversy about the refs calling plays. So, you know, mm. it was really close last time they played. Um, so if you have the refs on your side, you're games. good. So, yeah, the refs don't want to call, you know, want to clean their glasses, we'll be just fine. Um, so on the other side, we have, I have, we both have the Bucks taking and coming to the Bay. Tampa Bay coming to the Bay Bay Area well, I have, to play. This, oh, you got the Eagles. I thought you had the. Bucks. I have the Bucks winning, but I have the Rams winning, so mine would be Rams Niners. But yeah, you have Bucks Niners. Oh. But I think the Rams would be the lower seed between the, oh, the Rams you're right, and the Bucks. You're right. So you have Bucks Niners. I have Rams. Right. Always. Oh, so on the other side, on the other side, it would be the Chiefs playing against Houston then. No, it's still Chiefs. The, it's still Chiefs oh Bills. Be, it's still Chiefs Bills because well, the for, Houston's a four seed for you, but but for me, I have Pittsburgh winning, so it'd be Chiefs. It'd be Chiefs Texans. Oh yeah, so you got to redo your picks quick. Redo your redo your rapid fire picks. Oh picks drought over the picks drought over favorite, Mahomes. My your new favorite team. My favorite son. My favorite son is gonna take out Mahomes. Sam's oh gonna cheat God. on his team oh, live on the me. pod. That's gonna kill me, dog. No, you might have to do that. I'm on... taking the Chiefs, but it would hurt. I, I, wow, my reality. Wow, the tech. I'd be shivering. I'd be shaking. I'd be real scared because okay, the Texans gonna... are like <laughs> literally the team that scares me. Like just shoot, running and gunning. You know, shooting it deep, just putting up points. It's 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 literally a team that scares me. I know you picked the Texans or picked the Chiefs, but would you bet on the Texans? If you're a betting man, but the, the Texans points. plus money line. Mm, yeah, exactly. The yeah, with the with the point guard. Yeah, I take the spread. So you're uh, still you still have Chiefs Ravens. Uh, yeah, I still got Chiefs Ravens in the championship. Okay, um, still get there. So you had the Rams winning down below. I had Detroit. Okay, so I do have the. Tampa Bay coming and playing the 49ers. And I think they have played before. And I think 49ers beat the brakes off of them. If I Season? remember correctly. Was it last season? Week 11, it was 27 to 14. And I think McCaffrey was pretty, pretty dominant in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy, three touchdowns, McCaffrey 78 yards. Um and Purdy had a good game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 330 yards for Purdy. Um was yeah, that a big Ayuk game? Yeah. yeah, Ayuk, five receptions, 156 yards, one touchdown. Ooh. So exactly the same setting. It was at is in uh it was in San Fran. Is Ayuk's locker still intact? While watching this game. Oh, what happened? No, I'm just he he still has the Niners on his social media. He's still good. No. The Niners well, receivers are also happy. They have they have a couple more options than the Eagles. Um mm. in terms of weapons, so no. I would take but I'm yeah, taking the, the Niners. 49ers, too. Yeah, I think the Niners also got a couple turnovers. They got some fumbles and stuff. Yeah, they 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 really beat him bad. Anyway. Uh, so you got the Niners two over the Rams. 
And then for our bottom bracket, I have Dallas and Detroit. You have Dallas and the Eagles. Fly, I have da Eagles, fly. I have da oh. Dallas. I have Dallas Bucks. Dallas Tampa. Oh, yeah, Dallas Tampa. Okay, because we yeah. both have the Bucks. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm tweaking. Yeah, I, I guess I have Dallas as well. I mean, I, I, that's going to be catching such up a right down to Lions and Dallas. I, I really do think Dallas will make it all the way to the conference championship. I wouldn't be. Mm. Dallas, yeah, they did play the Lions earlier this season. Um, and yeah, Goff had two picks. Play him, yeah, Brad Allen. Um, yeah, it was it was close. They were both eleven and five. It was in Dallas, and um, I'm trying to see was it a pick that ended the game or what? That was the Brad Allen game. The ref game. Oh, the Brad Allen game. Oh, when they got done in, yeah, yeah. because they had they had the lineman catch it, and so the yeah the line should have won it actually. You're right. I remember it was, maybe the, yeah. I don't want to say one of the most iconic was, regular. It wasn't a most iconic regular season game, but oh, iconic moment maybe from the season. Iconic weird moment, anyways. Yeah, that's yeah having that. It's just crazy. The number of times they reattempted that two point conversion is crazy. Like people gotta study that. Um but yeah, yeah, now I remember. So yeah, I don't so to do it again, I don't I don't know if the Lions can do it again. I don't know. But the the thing is is golf wasn't even playing that well again. He had two picks. They um let me pull up the stats from the game. Anyway, you, you I guess you can give your pick. Who did you you had Dallas in the conference championship? Yeah, I'm taking Dallas over Tampa. Unfortunately, mine's a little bit easier than yours. Fortunately. Uh, Would the Lions fans be happy big. to end it there against the Cowboys? Because they had that playoff history Again? with the I was gonna say with the catch the whole the whole thing. So Yeah. I mean, just because that was like a little bit. Um, also, shout out to CeeDee Lamb setting the yep. uh, receiving record. Yeah, 16th straight home victory. Wow, these guys are just... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I just... I Yeah, it's so close between the two that, you know, came down to... So on. I I think I think the Cowboys keep it though. They're at home. They're perfect at home, and they keep it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Dallas in the conference championship. It just feels right. I don't know. I just I really think Dallas will be on their mission, and I I think the Lions. You know, they're still trying. They're still kind of new, and um, yeah, I think that home field advantage matters a lot. Playing in a dome because I think if they're well, I guess the Lions do too, but I think getting the home field home field advantage. I'm I think I, I think Dallas. I think you're right. I think the Cowboys are going to make a run. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, so our two conference championship, uh, Ravens and um, Chiefs at Ravens, and Dallas at 49ers. We both have one and two. I don't know, Rem. 
Are we doing something? Or I guess the Chiefs are at third place. So one and three, one and, three. one and two. Yeah, pretty much to chalk here. That seems um, pretty good, though. That's a good mix. Yeah. Both one yeah, seed. Who is but... in your Super Bowl? Who's who's in your Super Bowl and who's winning it? I guess we can just go all the way. Are you? Yeah, and this is just the rapid fire bracket. These are unofficial picks, off the record. These don't count. Are you? Yeah. So you're going with you're going you you're you're going with the graphic. You're going Ravens Niners. You said the NFL told us already what the Super Bowl is going to be. I'm telling you, they they did. They they did. I think it's gonna be. I, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I do think it's gonna be Ravens Niners, and I. I don't know. I feel like Shanahan chokes it again. I I really do. I just. Ooh. I'm telling you, Britt. I really think bright lights. It's it's the quarterbacks that step up, and you know you see the difference. It's it's just it takes a quarterback, a great quarterback, and I I don't feel like just not feeling it from Purdy. I'm telling you, I think Lamar. Is the Super going to be a Super Bowl MVP? Is there any way I could talk you into that graphic being Cowboys Chiefs? Mm. I don't think the Chiefs have enough to beat the Ravens. It's just they're they're going to get stomped. They're going to get curb stomped. I could see Cowboys pulling this upset. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs are curb. We don't think. I don't know. I just think Rasheed Rice. A week off, maybe Travis Kelsey pulls it together. I mean, Perez. Travis. If Travis Travis Kelsey has to flip a switch here, right? Because that's the thing. That's kind of what I'm. Oh, that's man. honestly kind of what I'm banking on. And it, I'm not even saying he has to have like 150 yards a game through the playoffs. But if he's in that 90 yards a touchdown, reliable on third downs, I still just think in the AFC, Mahomes is in this year still. You know, with the with the way the landscape looks, I still think Mahomes is a pretty safe bet. Chiefs Cowboys 25 to 1 on FanDuel, two and a three seed. Yeah. I think people are hesitant to pick the Cowboys in the Super Bowl just because obviously it's the Cowboys in the history. But I mean, the thing is, Dak has looked good this year. And his one yeah, bad game I, is against I, the Niners. So if he gets that redemption, who knows? I mean, I could see it. I could see it in terms of uh, the line, the Dallas making it there um, to the Super Bowl. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's it's just the, uh, you know, I just don't see it from the Chiefs at all um, making it making it in there. So I, I mean, you can make an argument for Dallas. I think their rankings, their defense, their offense. You know, C.D. Lamb right now is playing on another level. He's playing great. Um, some of their defensive pieces. They still have Micah Parsons on this defense. Um, you know, we've known him to be an MVP level um, player. So, you know, if the if the 49ers, you know, knock on wood, you know, get maybe they might end up having some injuries happen here or something. I could see I could see some stuff happen, but uh, the Chiefs, there's just I don't. I think it's gonna take all they have just to make it to the championship, and then they, they can. Uh, finally be put to rest there. So I guess one of the only, the only other teams that could match those color schemes, I guess could be the Texans. They could be a little purpley or a little orangey. Yeah. Yeah. Like a I little guess. red, a little I blue. Mean, blue. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who were you saying was your pick? 
I had Chiefs Cowboys in this bracket. Wow. And who do you have winning? Well, I couldn't pick Mahomes. I couldn't pick against Mahomes in that game. Wow. Back to back. Okay, Rem. Just like our first Super Bowl, you, you're a bigger fan than me. I'm just, I'm down. Huh. I, I really, it's not, it's not. Is that the recipe for a cheese win? Because that's the way it was looking last time, I think. Or at least oh in that 2019. Gosh. 2019, yeah. I don't, I, I just, I don't know where all this faith is coming from for a rookie wide receiver, a uh, 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 tight end who hasn't cracked 100 yards in like seven, eight weeks. You know, I love this defense. The defense is not the issue. I mean, the defense is going to be the reason we win. We just need, I mean, maybe they actually have Clyde Edwards Alaire run the ball. We we just need to become a lot more of a run first team. I think the Bills are scary too. Honestly, I think that the problem is I just am a little too in on the Texans. Like I think if the Texans yeah. could win the AFC, then that means Mahomes probably should win the AFC. Is kind of what I end up keep coming back to, but if Josh Allen didn't throw so many picks this year, I would feel I, I would feel a lot better about the Bills too. They may, you know, they could work in that color scheme. They got a little red. I think the blue yeah. and purple could be stretching it, but the red you could fit in there. There you go. Yeah, it works. It works. I don't. I don't know. Unfortunately, the Dolphins are out. Oh, really? But I guess this. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess. Well, they're beating the first round. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the colors. The Steelers don't have the colors. The Eagles, I, the Eagles are out too, unfortunately. Green. Yeah. Last year was their year. We'll see. We will see. Anyway, those are our quick fire picks. Um, make sure to uh, check back, see where we're at. Um, well, we will too. Um, and let us know. Let us know in the comments. DM us your own picks. Well, we'll, we'll take some fan submissions um, and let us know. We we're, we want to we want to hear from you too. Uh, moving on to the next one, sports media mania. Ram, is hmm. this what, what's going on? We know stuff, crazy stuff is going on. Cat Williams, Club Shay Shay, crazy Stephen A. beefing as well. What 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 what's this about, Ram? Well, I don't know. Did Sam Sam somehow just knows what's on my list? going into this, these, these things, but did you see all this stuff? Did you watch the interviews? Cause those were the, the big ones that happened this past week. This, this past week was just like a really insanely packed week for these, I would say, you know, sports media shows and all the stuff you got, like you said, club Shay Shay with cat Williams. Last time I looked at that, that was at almost, that was over 40 million views on YouTube. You've got uh, Stephen a responding to Jason Whitlock that beef and then you've got the um pat mcafee as well too aaron Rodgers in those comments and you know on a on a lower level as well too you've got on the camera on a maze pod this past week they've been having a lot of new york point guards on going back and forth beefing about their status amongst you know the new york game and the, the cat williams one was really the first piece or the first interview yeah. to drop out of all of these ones that we've named and yeah the six did well i guess for did you see it did you watch that at all did you see it yeah i, I did see parts of it and it's hilarious um uh, i do need to finish it all shout out it is like three hours three and a half hours which i have no room to talk because of our own podcast 
Um, but yeah, I don't, it's been craziness left and right. I can barely keep up. It was the thing that I'm curious about is because like I was saying that, that, that Cat Williams one was the first one. And it was so, I mean, this is not only just in turn, it's not only just like a successful interview in terms of the numbers that it's doing. Like it is like a crazy, you know, it is just like in terms of all time, you know, YouTube type sports media stuff, like the amount of content that is generating has just been crazy. And the fact that these other sports media things have been not only, you know, not only that they've been doing drama, but the fact that it's been the beefing type thing, kind of like the thing that Cat Williams was doing on Club Shay Shay. Like Cat Williams comes out, yeah. starts beefing with everybody. And now all of a sudden, Stephen A, who, like he was saying on his show when he was responding to Whitlock, had been, you know, he's like, I haven't said anything for 12 years. And now it's time. But it's like, okay, you're doing it post Cat Williams. And, you know, Cameron and Mace are now all of a sudden doing their thing where they're going to have Telfair on and Telfair is going to talk his talk about being a New York point guard. And then they're going to have the other people on and respond. And do you, do you think that this is, did Cat Williams set the tone for what the media landscape is going to look like in 2024? I don't even know what the right term for it would be, but is beef culture too wild of a term? Is it beef culture? Is it like guys, you know, calling out other guys? Like, yeah, I don't know what the term for it, but that type of thing, is that what is that what we're going to see now? Is that what's going to happen in 2024 on all these shows? Is that going to be the new trend? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, it's entertainment at the end of the day, you know? And the thing is, is that people love an argument. People love people being called out. And it's similar to, uh, you know, politics these days, not to get into that realm, but, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it just gets nastier and nastier and it gets people more and more interested because, you know, they want to see how it goes downhill. And, you know, Whitlock is pretty much calling out, you know, Stephen A for, you know, is he a real basketball player, you know, calling out his credentials. And now Stephen A has his own podcast where he can say whatever he wants, which, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised ESPN has allowed this podcast side podcast thing to just take off as it has because Stephen well, A the is, thing just, is he's really going off. And the thing is that they have been allowing McAfee to kind of have a lot of freedom with yeah. his platform. So if you're going to bring in McAfee and give him a lot of freedom right away, I mean, if you're going to give any, if you're going to give anybody more freedom because of that, like Stephen A is going to be the guy. Like you go, yeah. okay, Stephen A gets the amount of freedom that Pat McAfee gets. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, calling out people is what pays, you know, in terms of, you know, Famous people, you know, you're finding out the truth. It's similar to all these uh, true crime stuff. You know, you know people want to know the dirt. What's actually going on? You know, what's what's the secrets? And, you know, the uh, Wicklock, while he's not calling out anything new, we all know what it is, you know, calling out established guys um, like Stephen A. You know, Stephen A exposed, blah, 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 you know, exposing people, stuff like that. I mean, that's, you know, you know, that's why we're so locked into – these Epstein files and not why, you know, millions yep. and trillions of dollars keep disappearing in the government. That's all, that's all I'm saying. So, we're, you know, we're going to hit some real talk there, but I think, you know, 
I, I think people, you know, it's personalities, it's people, household names. And just like anything else, we, we all like watching a house burn. And uh, now we're figuratively watching it with, you know, people getting called out, you know. And I mean, uh, Cat Williams was calling out, you know, big names, you know, Steve yeah. Harvey, some, I mean, decent guys and people he work with, you know, he has some credibility because of his own experience. And, um, you know, it's just more and more drama. So it's it's whatever pays the bills. And, you know, it's it's you know, we don't no longer I think people in the past, you know, you would just have this expectation of this professionalism. You know, it was just a very I mean, like the good point is that, you know, we had a very narrow um, way to reach people It's very few people on the lit line was really long, you know, it was really competitive to, you know, have forms of media. And now anyone can do anything, anyone can do anywhere, anything, anytime, you know, case in point, our podcast. And now yeah. that everyone has a mic, crazy stuff is going to be said. I think the, the, the thing I think to, I don't know, to watch with it is, is the right term, but the thing that I think is interesting with it is, you know, like I'm not, we're not even picking sides here and like saying like, you know, who like in the Cat Williams stuff, who's right, who's wrong. Like, you know, all the people in the end of the day, like a lot of comedians, a lot of people made jokes about it. A lot of people laughed. I think that's honestly the best way to approach it. And, you know, I, Cat Williams knows what he's doing by going on Club Shay Shay, telling those stories, you know, making his return to media on Club Shay Shay specifically, where if you look at the other, big podcasters right now. I think Shannon Sharp stands out in a way that's unique. And I think elevating his platform is good for the culture. And I think having him as a, you know, now as like a real prominent figure, not just in sports media, but like as a, a real prominent media figure, I think was a very calculated thing for Cat Williams to do. But I think the politics comparison is an interesting comparison because the thing that we're seeing now with politics, especially you know, post the last couple of election cycles is politics and just especially the way politics has become talked about is just become very watered down. And it's like in in theory, politics is pretty important. Like it's how the country's run. And I think, you know, there <laughs> yeah. should be some smart conversation that's being had about it. But, you know, the fact that, you know, the the way it's consumed is kind of watered it down. And again, we're not picking sides with the Cat Williams thing here, but, you know, assuming the things that he is saying is true or, you know, the Stephen A is a better example. Like the stuff that Stephen A is saying is yeah. true is, you know, it's good entertainment, but I do wonder if, if call out culture becomes a thing, you know, I don't want to say if it waters down the truth because that's a weird thing because all this is built on truth and authenticity at the end of the day anyways. But if you start, I don't want to say commercializing it, but using it in this certain type of way where, Maybe, I don't know if it starts to straddle the line of even what is authentic, you know, if you just start calling people out and just start doing these rambunctious things. So, you know, this is just what happened this past week. And if it's just a, mm -hmm. a blip and kind of a, you know, a thing that happened, then, you know, it was, it was a fun week, but call out culture becomes a thing. You know, it, 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 it's, it is going to become watered down a little bit. And I would like be interested to see where it goes because, the McAfee one is interesting, for example, because it, it is ESPN executives. It's yeah. not just other actors in the industry. Like it's your bosses and you start yeah. getting into weird things like that with 
people's jobs. You know, same thing with Stephen A, where it's just a, a colleague and not necessarily a boss. You know, who knows what yeah. people start crossing what lines. But I was, I was, you know, the Cat Williams thing was so big. And then to have, to see, to see all the people do that stuff, like right away. I don't know. To me, yeah. it seemed like those people were, I don't want to say emulating that, but it definitely seemed like there was something from that. So I didn't know if 2024 was going to be the year of call out culture. I didn't know if that's where we were headed. No, I guess it is. I guess it is, you know, and then when you're calling out someone, it's, you know, you're making this beef and then it just, you know, makes it more popular for the both of y'all, you know, because you're just pushing each other up. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, I don't, it, it's just, it's just where sports is headed. And that's why, you know, shout out, I'll listen to people like The Ringer and don't really watch mainstream sports because a lot of it is just, you know, a lot of it is reactionary. It's a lot of big reaction. Oh my gosh, you know, what is this? You know, you watch guys like Big Mad Dog and, you know, it's just, it's just the way sports media is headed just because, you know, it's a, the, the catchier, the high headline, the catchier, you know, the bigger thing, you know, talking about, you know, is this the worst loss ever? Do, do they have to win? Do they, you know, it's a whole first take thing. Except now it's calling out people and having to go to extremes to, you know, make people really care about it. Because there's just so many other competing forms of media like we talked about last week. Are we, do we want to start a beef with somebody? Who do you want to call out? I feel like we should just get in know. on it if everybody's doing it. I think I've been calling out Draymond Green. Oh, I think we've been we've been on the call out. Are we calling out players? Um, Do we want to call out other media members? I don't know. Who are, who are you calling out? Zach Lowe. Are, you got someone? I love, love wanna, Zach Lowe. We want to start a beef. Simmons. We want to start a beef with Windhorse. I can no Wendy. But uh, you got you got to do it. You pick one. Let's start beefing with the Hoop Collective Pod. Hoop Collective, all right. Yeah, they're they're horrible and, and trash. And actually, yeah, we're calling you no, out, they're Wendy. Horrible. Yeah, I love all your stuff, and uh, I love that trade thing where you acted like you. I mean, you knew what was going on. You didn't say anything. You're the boss, but yeah, they yeah, take that, Wendy. I disagree. The fingers, the the wind horse jazz moment, overrated. You heard it here. Windhorse. Overrated. Got him. Got him. Got him. No, I, I got no beef up. with anybody. We all know who I got I beef with. I mean, there's, you know, obviously Burke, Birkins. I can't. Birkins calling out, calling out Embiid over Jokic has to be a top three horrible TV moment right up there with Kellerman and the Iguodala moment. I really, I really do think it has to be up there. But the thing about the Igudala moment is, I, I feel like it is understood what is happening there, right? Yeah, it's like, like irrational, it, but you're like, okay, I kind of see what he did there. But he's also like, yeah, he's. I mean, it's it's a top like first take is a debate show, and the topic is who do you want, Iggy or Steph? Like you're not you're not even yeah. bringing that question to the table unless you've talked about a crazy answer. Because it's it's a question yeah. that is obvious. So the perk thing is like the Kellerman thing is like strictly entertainment. Mm -hmm. Whereas the perk thing kind of crossed over a little bit into something else. 
Yeah, I was like, uh, this is kind of real life and like being a little disingenuous. And, like, yeah, it was, it was bad. I want Igudala. Um, he, he may have to pull up soon. The aliens yeah, are on the way. Hey, who knows? If you just who Google knows? aliens the right aliens now, it is already up. here. Yeah, it is a hot topic. Anyone been to Area 51? They're saying that the aliens that they found in Peru were just some ancient dolls. So maybe we lucked mm. out there. But apparently they're maybe. trying to beam them into Kentucky. There's some stuff going on in Brazil. I mean, we are on the verge, people. Mm, so more. somebody get Igudala in the gym. We need Iggy Igudala nah, loose at all running. times. <laughs> He's busy making too much money. We just need Iguodala he constantly is. in like a light sweat shooting shots for when the aliens come. So when he's loose, that way he's loose, pull right up and hit a three. Who knows? Who knows? Iguodala has such a yeah, high arcing, think... ugly form too. It's gonna that would be such a tense shot to watch. The shot by Iguodala to save the human beings from the aliens. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do think, yeah, I mean, I, I do think this sports thing is going to calm down. I think I think if you want rational sports, they're still out there. People are still supporting rational people out there. So, you know, shout out Lowe, Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons. I mean, Bill Simmons will freak out sometimes, but he'll recognize his freak now. And Ryan Russell, shout out, shout out the homies. There's real people out there. Shout out Kyle. Nephew Kyle. Nephew Kyle. He's married now to him. Mm. Married. He's in his married era. Yeah. He's a good. He's a good married man now. Settle down. He Calm is. Down. He is held down. It's, it's kind of crazy. Mm. Kyle, Kyle, if you want to, if we if we want to do the life of Kyle, he can come do it here. We can do the life of Kyle pod. Uh, Let's start beef with Kyle. Oh, hey, 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 hey. not him. No, we're not touching anyone with pop. They're they're great. They are great. All right. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Wemby? Triple double. Short is second player to get it in such a time. First ever one. I feel like it's okay. We can save the Wemby oh, talk. I... We're doing we're doing New Year's resolution. We're gonna not go four hours. <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah, I believe for our New Year's resolution on the pod. Oh my gosh. So the producer said uh, the, the producer said when we get to three hours, we have to take any Wembenyama talk topics and put them till next week. Is our New Year's resolution. Is our New Year's resolution. All right. Uh do you do you, we got the we got some albums that just came out. We can we can go over those. Oh, I well. forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit. Um so 21 Savage came out with his album. Um, Kid Cudi as well, and um, and Kanye. I did not get to Yee's album. No, Yee pushes back. I've been on a little bit of a Yee. Oh, okay, okay. Yee, I've been a little bit of a fan for Yee, but um, huh. yeah. Which one did you like? What did you like from both? I, I know you were you were pretty into them. How excited were you for a Twenty One Savage album? Because it's been a while. I mean, he's dropped some stuff. And Wait I mean, not as, not as much as he dropped 
when he first, you know, when he first started uh, showing up on the scene, I think from in like 2016, 17, 18, like whatever, I think maybe 16 to 20, he dropped maybe two or three projects a year. He was really cranking out the numbers there for a while. And then I think his yeah. last solo, his last solo album was in 2018 and then dropped the, dropped the collaborative album with Drake last year, her loss and dropped a, a collaborative, collaborative album with Metro Boomin as well too. I think Savage Mode 2 in 2020. But I know the, tra the Travis Scott album last year, Travis Scott had been on a bit of a break and his album was pretty highly anticipated. And, yeah. you know, I think 21 Savage is definitely in that tier of guy. So was where was his, where was your hype for this kind of album? Are you hype for 21 Savage when he drops it all? Is he high up on your no, radar? I, I was. I mean, I I didn't. I, mean, I, that Drake I, was in, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see too much promotion for it. I probably should have oh, paid yeah. attention. I did see a little bit of stuff for his movie, though. I know. Ooh. I know the movie was was coming out. Yeah, they got Dan uh, Donald Glover in it, um, and the guy, the black, the the black kid from Stranger Things. Um, maybe I'll start beef with him by calling him. Lachlan? Um, what's, his, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the right last name? Caleb? I do like you. You're a great actor, okay? This is not beef. Mm. I just forgot your name for a second. What's his name on the show? Um, um, not Steve. Lachlan. No, I don't it's know. Not. <laughs> Steve. Caleb McLaughlin. Shout out. I think Lucas might sounds right. Sir Mark? Um, but yeah, those are big actors, though. Are we gonna watch the trailer? Uh, live on the pod. I haven't seen it yet, and you seem kind know. of excited about guy. it. Is yeah, it you're good? Right. Lucas Sinclair. It's okay. Like it looks all right. I mean, I don't know. It looks all right. It's like I don't know how good it's gonna be. I don't know if we really had something any precedent for this. Like, why isn't Drake? Is it a? Is it a? Full length movie? Is it dropping in theaters? It's supposed to be. It's it's I I don't know. It looks like it's a it looks like it's supposed to be a movie. Savage. And it's a biopic movie. on Twenty One Savage, obviously. Yeah. American Dream, stream it now. Oh no, no wait, well, that's out. Yeah, the biopic coming this next this summer, so. I'm not seeing wow, anything yeah, confirmed is, for like a like a date, like an official date at all. Yeah, but like you mentioned, this was uh, you know his first bio or seeing solo studio album in almost six years. So, or what were you expecting in terms of quality from Twenty One Savage? Were you expecting yeah, an A plus album? Um, I, I was expecting a decent album. Um, I mean, I know he's been busy doing a lot of stuff with Drake. Um, and it was decent. Yeah. I think, I think there's, it was decent. Yeah. It was a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different songs. I like the features he had on there. Um, uh, Faye has, I did like Doja Cat as well. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to think, uh, did he have, yeah, a little bit of Travis Scott. I did, I did, um, that was not a woman. But yeah, I thought I thought it was decent. You could definitely tell that it was a little bit of you know, little bit of uh, hyping for the movie. Um, you could hear it. It was a little bit more of a cin cinematic kind of album. I felt like. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a decent project. I mean, I didn't I didn't have any major issues with it. So is the album supposed to be the soundtrack? I don't, gonna, I don't, I don't know. I it's going to be it different. Set. I think it's supposed to, it's probably going to be a little bit of the soundtrack. Um, but what about, what did you like? What did, what did you like from the album? Well, this movie thing is kind of interesting too, because I'm trying to think of an, any, well, I guess Taylor Swift did like a, you know, like a, a tour movie, not necessarily a movie about an album. Yeah. I think some other artists, not a biopic. Yeah. And I know like, some other artists have done movies on like YouTube, maybe like, you know, longer, longer form music videos where it's like the album over the the course of a story. But I'm not, I don't know, again, if this is going to be like a theatrical release or not, or if this is going to be a YouTube drop or what has ultimately happened. Maybe this is the pitch for it. Maybe he's putting it out there and see if somebody like, yeah, I don't know. maybe see if one of these streamers wants to pick it up. But and one of the things I didn't realize about 21 Savage until I really started digging into it. And, you know, tw he's obviously ascended to the level where he is, I think, in, uh, you know, he is ascended very highly in the with his status in the game. But I don't think on the award circuit, I realized how automatic he's been. But he has been in some form nominated for a Grammy like four of the last five years. And I know some sometime wow. it might be like, feature because i know he featured on the j cole's most recent album and got nominated for that performance his last album as well got nominated i think he might have won best song that season so in yeah. 2019 he got nominated for featuring on rockstar with post malone in the 2020 grammys his song a lot and his album i am i was both got nominated he's nominated on j cole's so my hard. life in 2022 and then in this yeah. year's Grammys, he's on uh, in that collaborative project with Drake, Rich Flex, Spin right. About You, sitting on and sitting on top world with Burna Boy, and then obviously nominated for the album with uh, just as a whole with Drake. And if I know the the Grammy when the Grammys announced their window for the next year's Grammys, not this out, not this uh, Grammys that's going to be happening in February, obviously, but the Grammys for 2025. And if we're just kind of, you know, overviewing the albums that have already been dropped, I think the Drake album is the biggest one in the hip hop scene that's been dropped in terms yeah. of hype. But, you know, I think in terms of quality, we talked about that one and it's not like something couldn't pass that. Did you think this album was better than that album? The Drake album? I know Drake's one of your guys, um, so no. maybe you get that bias yeah. too, but. No, I did not. I did not think. I did I definitely there weren't any super special songs on this album, mm. um, and there there are definitely twenty one songs that I've, um, uh, I've definitely you know definitely liked a lot, definitely enjoyed, but yeah, definitely yeah that was definitely not. Yeah, but are I they bad there songs. Solid, there's some solid stuff. I don't think there's anything super bad. I just felt like you could tell there's obviously been. Um, he's had some work on some other stuff. You know, I, I it feels like he's been busy. You could tell from the album it wasn't like, you know, like when uh, Jay or not uh, Jay Cole, but Kendrick Lamar. You know, when he hadn't had an album for a while, and then he came out with uh, with Damn. You know, and you could tell like he had been working on that 
since, you know, since his last album. You can tell 21, like you mentioned, he's been busy with all these other projects. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't really, um, you didn't, you couldn't, it didn't really feel, it felt a little rushed. I think he's been busy with his movie. I think he's been doing some other, it's not like he hasn't been involved in music. Like we're saying, he's been on all these yeah. other projects. He's been featuring all over the place. So he's been a busy guy. It just like, it hasn't been his stuff. And he's done some commercial stuff as well, too. I think, I think the interesting thing about guys like, you know, Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole, Drake, like if you go through their discographies, like they don't really do the commercial projects. I know Kendrick took one at the end, you know, he did the Black Panther album. Dreamville did the Creed album. So J. Cole was a part of that being a part of Dreamville. But it's not like those guys are doing a ton yeah. of things for movies and just like a, a ton of random features. You know, they do a, a lot of thoughtful stuff. Yeah. And I will say, I do think this this album was very well produced. I love the production on this album. I think the thing that yeah. I was seeing for a lot of the expectations for what people wanted to see from 21 Savage in this album was, you know, you've taken quite a break from music, but you've been active and, you know, you're, you've still been able to grow your status in the game. And I think lyrically people were expect, they, I think they really wanted to see 21 Savage level up lyrically on this album. Yeah. And th that'll be the thing I'm going to go back and re-listen to and figure out if it held up that way. Because again, I think the production is really solid. And I think, like you're saying, I think that makes this a very good album. I think it's a lot of like B plus, you know, there's a lot of 80, high 80 overall rating type songs on here. A lot of really good ones. But just in terms of, did we get that step up album from 21 Savage? Like you're saying, I think like uh, in no. a, even comparing it to the Drake album where in the game, he is currently one of the better you know, he's one of the best rappers in the game right now. So by default of that, the album is going to be one of the best albums that is currently out. But if we're putting it in the larger landscape yeah. and even comparing it to his last album, I, I went back and listened to his last album too today after, because album dropped today when we're recording this or, you know, last night, whenever. But I listened to his previous album, I Am, I Was, today as well too. Mm -hmm. And I do think that album is a little bit better, but the production was really solid on this. And I don't know. Do we want to, are we doing like top five songs? Are we ranking songs? Are we doing like a, a mini draft? Um, I know you mentioned a lot of the features I, you really I, like. No, but... I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't get time to really get a draft, but I know. Uh, I'm just pulling the album up yeah, here to I see know, which ones I saved. Wait. Okay. Give me your top five quick and then I'll give you mine. Let's see here. Probably in no order. Yeah, um, randomizer's fine. But some other ones I, I some I did like. Um probably um I had what was it? Nina, 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 um Dave Travis Scott. And, yeah, Nina, yeah, Travis Scott's feature, the little Dirk feature, and the Joja Cat feature. So I like those features. Mm. Features were good. Features were good. Okay, the Travis Scott, I I agree. I think I'll have to put that in my top five as well. I think, ooh, oh, the Doja Cat feature too. Yeah, for sure, top five. Yeah. I think it's a lock. Red Rum? Did you like Red Rum? 
Mm, Third one on the I album? did. I did. That was probably one of the better lyrical ones on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that rem- memorable enough for me to remember it after only listening to it one time. So I know these are just instant reaction, folks. So yeah. we'll listen to it a little bit more and uh, figure it out. But is that, a, is that a top five? I think I might put that one in my yeah. top five. Yeah, I, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, I only listed three, so. Oh, you did. I did save the Fias one. You like that one? Did I, is that I said that right? Brent Fias? Brent Fias, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the one I said. Yeah, I do like that one as well, too. Ooh. There's a couple other solo ones I'm like. So the thing is, I did say, let me see. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the 15 songs saved a playlist. Various playlists. Wow. Okay. Okay. You know, various playlists to, of. Give it another spin. You know, we we gotta, you know, it's like we gotta make sure we we keep the variety going too. So there's playlists where it's like, yeah. hey, this is like an A plus rotation, B plus rotation, C plus rotation. But yeah, letter to, letter to my brother, brother, I like, I like all of me is fine. See the real is okay. fine. Just like me, the Burna Boy feature. Maybe we'll do that one because he got nominated with Burna Boy as well too in this uh, past Grammys. So maybe throw some respect yeah. to that. But we we so we definitely agree on the Travis Scott, the Doja Cat, the Brent Fias, and Red Rum. So there's definitely a solid top four for sure. This yeah, game. yeah, stand if definitely a couple standouts. And I know you said you, I know you said you didn't listen to the Kid Cudi one. Are you a big Kid Cudi guy in general? Yeah, he's decent. I listen to a good chunk of it. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I think musically, Kid Cudi's album is probably closer to what I'd listen to, like what I what I would listen to day to day. Um, I think I think you know I think 21 lyrically, he's a better lyricist than Kid Cudi, at least in these two albums. You know, I know Kid Cudi's got a lot. You know, Pursuit of Darkness. It's, one of the best albums of all time, yeah, out there. But <laughs> I think in those, I think those, I think if you compare the two, um, you know, I think Twenty One. Well, you know, may we may have wanted to step up from him a little bit in terms of the, um, uh, in terms of the lyricists. I mean, I think that's where he does have the edge over Kid Cudi. But the in terms of the music and the production and stuff, I would put. And that's his personal taste, obviously. But I would put Cudi at Twenty One. Between these two albums, do does new Kid Cudi hit the same to you as old Kid Cudi? Does it still hit the same way? I'm uh, not really. No, no, it doesn't. Is his music different? It is different. He is he is changing as an artist. It is shifting a little bit. Your, yeah, I don't know. Okay. What do you feel he's shifting? I think I agree with you. I just Am the, I crazy the, here? Yeah. the old. Kid Cudi stuff is the, you know, I and I get it's that classic yeah. stuff, you know, there's nostalgia attached to it as well, but that old Kid yeah. Cudi just hits different. And yeah. I don't know, and I, you know, you're you're saying the music is shifting, but I still think he's doing some of the same stuff. Like, he's still trying to go for the same mm-hmm. vibe, right? Yeah. Well, I honestly, it is it is a little bit a little more poppy. It is a little bit like yeah, it's not as much R and B. You know, I don't know if mm. R and B is the right word, but a lot, you know. Yeah, I get what smooth. you're saying though. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Psychedelics the right word for Kid Cudi, but because like Lil Yachty um, was doing like 
psychedelic stuff with his last album, but I think trippy definitely, yeah. uh, definitely some trippy type music, but I think I agree. It was solid. Right, was there, tripping. there was a Travis Scott one early. What, what did you have a song that stood out from the kid Cuddy? Was kid, is um, kid Cuddy one yeah, of your I guys? I didn't some, realize you were um, like a kid Cuddy guy. He's okay. I'm kind of an underground kid Cuddy guy. Like, you know, I did. Okay. There's some, That's kind of where I'm you at. know, it was, I, um, Pursuit of Darkness. It was Pursuit of Happiness. Um, no, Man on the Moon is the album. I mean, I think just like, I think the 2009, obviously, the one that he blew up on, you know. That's probably one of the things. Yeah. Um, but I did like his one with his feature with Lil Yachty. Um, I did okay. A Tale of a Night and uh, Keep Bouncing, I think, were the ones I saved. But I didn't finish it quite yet. I didn't quite finish. But it's just like I think a tale of a night is a perfect example of how like he's kind of changing. And it's even the art, you know, it's a lot, it's a little bit more, there's more energy to it. Yeah. You know, this is a lot closer to exercise music than what he's made in the past, you know? Which I don't okay. mind because I, I I do like that. But you know. And you're not gonna put on his earlier albums for like you know lifting weights, you know. I don't know. You might if you. Yeah, if you're into you, all that. What do you listen to like when you Mr. work Rager? out? Do you listen? Gonna, you listen hey, Mr. Mr. Rager Mr. might be good to work out to. Do you have to work out to like super intense stuff, or could you work out to anything? I mean, I like I like stuff that gets me high, like you know. Yeah. Like not like the Scots, you know. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with the Scots? Uh, it's that, fine. It's not a bad. No, the point is, it's not a bad. So we're saying like for working out, you know. I don't know. I he, Do you listen to podcasts when you work out. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I'll just I'll just be paying attention to that. Um, so what's the difference between a yeah. podcast and a slow song? Or you know a song uh, that's maybe one not is as making hype. my brain work. Like you know the the podcast, I'm like you know, I'm thinking about it. We're having a discussion here. Like well, with the music, obviously you're saying something, you're making a message. But it's different with like usually the podcast, it's like some sports thing, and someone will say something. I don't. Know. Honestly, just work I out. Know. I think you. I think you can work out to anything. I want to normalize working out to. I don't want to. Say, Cause I don't, I don't like usually listen to like slower, saddy type songs. I mean, everybody, you know, listens to different types yeah. of songs. So I'm sure, you know, that stuff pops up in a playlist, but I yeah. like, I don't throw like Spotify, you know, gear like makes all the playlists. So you can go to the workout playlist and you, you're going to get some more hype stuff, but I'll just throw on whatever. If it's like a playlist that I have that I like, and maybe it's not sometimes it's honestly, you know what? Sometimes it's soul music. Sometimes yeah. it's Frank Sinatra. Sometimes okay, it's J. Okay. Cole. Okay. I think you should just work out slow to whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, slow jam rem. We need a slow jam Sam over here. But I think if you can work out to a podcast, you can work out to anything because a podcast is not even, I think that's any form of music is going to get you more hype than people talking, right? I mean, just, the, just the music in general is gonna. It's gonna get give me, me something. more hyped, yeah. But like, but at least it's gonna like it, it's easier to pass the time, though. You know what I mean? Like, 
because your 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 brain's engaged. Like you're you're keeping your mind off of the pain you're going through. You do go brain dead uh, in a different way when you're listening. You kind of zone out in a different way. Exactly. Yeah, and you just like you just let your muscle memory go through it. You think you have better workouts? Um, as I can't, I, don't I, don't, I have better workouts. Yeah, I don't know because, like you're saying, you do know. zone out. So there'll be times where I'm like, "Oh, this is this. I'm doing pretty good." And then there'll be times where I'm like, "You know, I'm I've just finished the whole set of bench, and it's like, yeah. wait, did I focus on that at all?" But am I like working as hard as I can though? Yeah. You know, am I is it, am I going at my max? Like, you know. And I feel like with music, it's just. I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna get there. You know, I just may not yeah. always be in a music mood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Shout out. Hey, let us know. You know, you guys let us know down below. Put us DM us. Bring in your input. We need 2024. We're we're asking for more listener input. We want to hear what y'all have to say. About 2024, topics, the DMs so. are open. The D. <laughs> The DMs are unlocked. Um, I guess we could do a quick trip around the corner. Start with Piercing Truth. What's going on with this, Rem? I don't know if I can say this on air. What, what's going on with uh, well, I think... the I, I, Iowa Caucus? Oh, yeah, the Iowa Caucus. Is this, is this uh, coming Monday? It's the 15th. Let me double check. The 15th is yeah. Monday. Still the so, first for the Republicans, but not for the Democrats. Yeah, the first set of voting yeah. that we're going to do. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was the only state that does a caucus. I still don't really know what yeah. that means. But I was trying to figure out, too, if you could vote in. I was trying to figure out if you could vote in both like caucus primary type things. Like, could you go vote in the Republican and the Democratic one? But I, I did hear that that is nah. kind of illegal. Yeah, I heard that that's illegal. Apparently you can't do that. But at first I was like, wait, is that a, is that an option? Like, could I just pop on over there and just throw down a vote? Just, just to do it? But apparently you might get no. arrested for that. So. Huh. Just maybe. Just maybe. Um. Yeah, I don't think, I think caucus is, so there are seven states. Um, oh, okay. Who, uh, okay, so there's, so there's seven states that the Republicans run caucus in, Iowa, North Dakota, Alaska, Hawaii, Idaho, Missouri, Wyoming. And the Democrats have caucuses in uh, Idaho, Iowa, and Wyoming. So it does seem like there's a couple, couple others, but um it looks like you know it's pretty much uh primary elections are held by the government and then you know it's individual voters casting their vote while caucuses are being held by the parties themselves and they're they can be held at like a county district or precinct level so i remember the one caucus we went it was it was being held at like a district level and then sometimes you know you go you can either do secret votes or you have people stand in a room and you go a certain area that you want to vote for and then you know if you don't have enough then they'll split the groups of the smaller people and you either go to you know which which of the ones you want to go to and it, it's kind of uh i don't know they gave speeches and stuff yeah the one one i went to was was something like that like you sat in corners that you voted for whoever you wanted and then, did you go with your parents you know, 
Yeah, I went with my yeah. I went with they my took mom. you along. Yeah. 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 Did you ever? Have you ever gone to one? I my parents I, dragged me dragged us when we were kids. Yeah, we've been to yeah. one. They're they're chaotic. Honestly, it took me a long time to realize that we were actually like voting at that event because it it was just yeah. like people just standing around and raising hands, which exactly. is obviously a lot different from the ballot thing, which. I think you can just go over there and just, can you just go hang out? Like, do I have to vote? Can I go, should we do our I, first yeah, Rev and Sam vlog? Just should we go in. vlog? Should we just go vlog the caucus over there? We'll see. I don't, I'm not going to be doing a caucus. I'm now a California resident. No, you're in Cali. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in Cali. And uh, I will be doing my primary. <laughs> I already got my uh, primary letter with the, with the date. I don't know if I can oh. show this. Government. Or maybe it's good as blurred out. I don't know. Uh, but March fifth, I'm doing my. We're doing a primary here, so yeah, it's all fancy in California. Yeah, we'll have to wait for that to swing back around in Iowa. But <laughs> otherwise, I don't know. What I don't even know. What we would. Uh, should we ask people uh, whether or not? Bel should we ask them Belichick or Trump? Uh -uh. And We'll just go ask people. Saban or Saban or Belichick for president. Who we want? Hey, at least we're you know. If somebody I'm says in one Mike of the Vrabel, blue states and you're you're in one of the reddest states, so at least we have the full spectrum. Was it one of the most yeah. red states though? I feel like it was red last time. I don't know if it's most. No, mostly red. It's it's been getting red. I don't know. There's been some articles like it's I true. It's getting red. thirty. <laughs> 30% of their college graduates, while like Illinois is gaining all the, a lot of college graduates. I think Minnesota too. All of Iowa's. So yeah, it's Iowa's losing a lot of the young people and it's just, it's it's a lot redder. There's, yeah, it's, it's a lot less in between. Did you think about that when you left? But uh, That your vote uh, diluted my vote? <laughs> your vote makes oh, my oh, vote oh, less oh, meaningful? Oh, oh. <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> I get the team weaker. Oh, way, oh my gosh. You know, it's just it's tough, man. It's tough. You just you gotta you gotta I don't know. Do the kids think like about that? that? All the kids are leaving Iowa and they're leaving their parents behind. And now that now now it's yeah. three electoral votes. Or however many you yep. in Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's I mean, just move to Michigan or something. It seems like their their proportion is crazy. Ooh, and I think now's the time. Direct electoral vote. Yeah, yeah. Michigan was definitely a big one. I think Wisconsin too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, get closer to your island, the school you love. Um. But yeah, shout out to uh, the caucus. So I guess we can get to. The rest of the corners, um, soccer or frisbee corner, we got captain's log as always, but we can go quickly with soccer. Um, yeah, shout save out the captain's to, log. Shout or, out to uh, Barcelona. Yeah, shout out to Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid making the Super Cup. So we're going to have El Clasico in their domestic cup. Um, it's a cup that's been going since 1982. And uh, for all but four years, um, they've had either Barcelona or um, or uh, Real Madrid on Ooh. in that in the final. So 
It's definitely football heritage. They played eight times the previously against each other in the Super Cup final, and Real Madrid's won six of the eight times. So I don't know. If you want to watch some really good soccer, it's happening this weekend. Um, I think it'll be Cog- ESPN Plus. I don't want to make any promises. Um. But it's going to be on uh, on Sunday at 11 Pacific time. Um, I think that's one o'clock for you over there, Rim. And yeah, it'll be on ESPN Plus. So Real Madrid versus Barcelona playing for uh, their domestic cup, Super Cup. It's funny. I don't know. So uh, yeah, only three times a day make us too. Uh, no, he is not. He is not. He would, I think he would. Sometimes it was, was no. Man City is. Doing Man their City. own thing. The Premier League is back. Holland is hurt right now. He's been out for. Oh, this is a different months. league. He, like, tweaked his, he tweaked his ankle in an international game, but yeah, they're playing against Newcastle tomorrow. Um, but it looks like Holland is um he's doing his own thing. Apparently, he uh, it looks like he's thinking outside the box. He shared a picture on his Instagram with some breathing aid on his mouth. I don't know. He's working on breathing less. I don't know. Had his shirt off, sweating. I don't know. I guess he Jack? I guess he admits he he tapes his mouth while he sleeps. So oh. he's just proving that he, he does that. Yeah. Help his breathing or something. Real know. Madrid two but, uh, two point one goals per game. Is that good? Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But yeah, uh, what's his face? Uh, Holland has been yeah, his foot. He's he's been trying to recover from a foot injury. Can't even walk right now. So I don't know. And he's he working re- on it. And he really can't recover because he can't get those sleep hours logged. Gotta tape his <laughs> mouth shut. Holland's got a snoring well, mask at thirty or twenty-two or however. Twenty-three. Old he is. Twenty-three. Wear his special glasses while sleeping. 23 and he has a ZPAP sponsorship? I don't know. He eats he eats heart and liver. Uh, mm. He's very serious. Has a has sunlight in his eyes when he wakes up. So wait, is taping your mouth shut? So taping your mouth shut is like an extra thing? It's not a health thing? I don't know. It's supposed to be a breathing thing. So six thousand calories per day for Holland. Um Milk mixed with spinach and kale is his favorite drink. And, uh, yeah, he, he eats a lot of liver. So a real Viking is what we're hearing. I just searched sleeping. I just searched taping mouth while sleeping. So hopefully nobody sends anybody after me. Hopefully that's not a a sketchy search. It helps, no, air, helps regulate airflow. So wait, does it help your? Does it help improve your breathing? I don't or does it just know. help him sleep better? What does the Sleep Foundation say? Let's see. Yeah, what do the experts say? That's usually a good rule. The benefits of mouth taping for sleep is mostly anecdotal, since only a few studies have analyzed this trend. Is the first thing that it says. Helps stop stop snoring or bad breath. Reduces bad breath. Helen got that stinky breath. Get in there, get some mouthwash. Breath stank. I don't know. 
Maybe gargle Maybe howling. Don't take your mouth shut. Pause. I know. Yeah. It's not, and you. It says you don't want to like. It's not like a like a like a hostage crisis scenario where you're like fully taped yeah. over the mouth. It's like a little strip yeah. to like keep it closed, kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> not people watching on Spotify. Looks like he had some like almost black lipstick on or something. I don't know. Here, wait. I think we could do a little piece. We could do a little demo with this tape here. Oh, oh okay. Let's see it. Okay, like Rem's this. doing the Holland, Holland sleep, sleep, uh, the Holland sleep practice. Kind of works. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty comfy. All right. All right. Hey, let us know. Yeah, do it for a week and give us the results, Rem. You maybe, guys... maybe play some basketball in between. Let us know if you're, you're feeling like Jordan Oh, get some reps. If you guys want to join in yeah, and do the mouth taping this pet this next week, uh, DM us and tell us how it goes, and we'll read them on the next one. <laughs> we'll read them on the next pod if you guys tape there them out next week. Yeah, let us know. Our our like we said, DMs are open twenty twenty four. Twenty 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 four. They're open twenty four seven. Twenty twenty four. They're open twenty four seven. Um, and then the last thing is captains logs. Um, this week. Uh, Team Team 3PO was in action. Um, we were playing against the toughest team easily in the league. They had both of the organizers. You know they organized it to have, you know, all their buddies. It was a tough team. It was a tough team. And not only did they have a lot of the best players in the league, this team has been practicing. This team has been oh. – they came in early – they had, no they, it was crazy. No pads, never have any pads. But bro, we were, mind you, we did, my team has only played once together before. We barely know each other's names. And this mm. team is running three different defenses on us. Three, man. <laughs> like, we they, we're like, what? We're running zone? Like, Bad how do plays. you guys even, oh my gosh, they're running plays, they're running bracketing, they're running, man. I'm like, this is crazy. So my team, you know, we get into the game. We're holding on for dear life. They reel off a couple breaks. We're getting down. I'm trying to call timeouts, you know, catch our breath. And our team is talented. We're just beating ourselves, you know. But the mm -hmm. thing is, is that, you know, I find out they've been practicing and found some stuff. I'm like, they're running zone. They're doing all these tricky stuff. But that's the thing. They had to get into their bag of tricks to get the lead. So we go into the half down by two. And thankfully, we get the disc at half. So we go and score, make it 7-6. Mm -hmm. They get a break or two. We're down a little bit. And the thing with Frisbee is you probably – so once you get – your last chance to really start to win is like two scores before the final score. So once they scored their 11th point, you know, uh, and we, because the game go to 13, you know, I made a captain move. We called a timeout. We got a breather. We were like, all right, let's lock in, guys. And I was like, you know what? They want to be – you know, they want to try hard at this game. Fine, we'll try hard. So we started doing matchups. Ooh. Matchup defenses. We started pairing guys to guys. And the thing with my team is they're very talented, very deep, very athletic. They're just – and the, the thing is, is our second halves, both of the weeks have been better. I think I mentioned last week our second half one because our guys, we're just – our motors on our team, it's just – I love the motors on all these guys. They mm -hmm. all just want a ball. Great stuff. They care about the game. And um, so we could tell. So once we matched up the guys – together 
then we could see them really making lots. They could really tire out the guys. You know, once we got people comparable speeds, comparable athleticism, because we had the bodies to match up with them. We just needed to get them on the right guys. And once we did that, we reeled off one break. We reeled off another. We reeled off a couple until we got it tied. So we were tied? down 12-9. We were down 11-8, I want to say. And yeah. we tied it up 12-12. It was mm. universe point. You know, it's 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 everything or nothing. And um, they sadly did get the win. Um, our guy had a, a finger on the disc, game-winning score. Oh. But I was really proud of our guys. I mean, we, you know, we were down three or four against a team that had, you know, easily four or five of the best players in the league, had been practicing already, had a whole bunch of defenses, and we still came back to take it to the very last point, no matter what they had, once we actually tried. So we're just figuring each other out now. Now the team has kind of like, we we kind of know, I kind of know that this team is really competitive. Like I didn't want to push my competitive side on a team that was like kind of chilling, but to see that like spirit and fight from this team and athleticism, them, now we're going to like, yeah, competitive coach Sam, competitive captain Sam's going to come out. So we are going to do matchups more. We are going to be a lot more serious. And um, I, I really think I really think we're gonna face that team in the final. The other teams they have some decent players, but not. It's usually how the league is. There's two really good teams and two teams that you know are kind of chilling. And these team, these our team is really good. And to take that team, I mean, if we had matched up the whole game, I really think we could have won that game. Um, you know, we had one or two throws we didn't need to throw. We had a couple throwaways, but. If we if we matched up the whole game, we would have been fine. And to you know only go down two at the half, and then really be only down one break, and then to take them to universe through all that stuff through. I mean, and these guys are like league vets. Like these are these aren't like we're they're wily guys. You know, they're doing all the little tricks. Mm -hmm. And um, for our young team to be right there, I was really proud of them, and I told them so. So I'm I'm really excited. I was like, we got to still handle business, but we handle business. We're definitely gonna play this team in the final, and um, I'm really excited for these next couple of weeks because the the fight I saw from that team this past week. I'm more excited about this team after the loss than the win. That was one of the and, best losses I've ever had. And the team that you're playing against, like just in the scape of the league, would that would that be one of the tougher matchups? I mean, you're saying talent yeah, wise, the they have all the best the players, yeah. but yeah. stylistically too. Yeah, I mean, they know how to throw. They're very disciplined. That's the thing, and that's one of the hardest things for Frisbee. I mean, if you have talent and you're disciplined, it's just it's near impossible to beat you. But the thing is that our team has our edge is that we're definitely a lot more athletic. And so I think once we can match up our guys, you know, really cause some havoc um, once, once we have the right players, we definitely have the talent to be right up there with this team. We just didn't quite have the matchups, and I didn't want to quite call them because I was, like, trying to get people to figure it out, you know, but – I think now, now we're definitely going to start calling out matchups. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this team. I, I think this team is very hungry. They're willing to learn. It's a lot of young guys. But, you know, it's it's definitely one of my more favorite league teams. And this this was probably – I'd probably put it as a top three loss of pattern. For the, it's, it was right up there. So what is the path – what does the path for this team look like? Like what is the season playoff? you know, road to, I don't know if we want to, I don't know if we yeah. want to start another path road to, to nationals, final. path to road to finals, but is this type path of, like, what is it looking like? Yeah. So, so we have a couple more weeks of regular season. So we play, 
Um, another team next week. Um, we play, I think the only, so there are three teams in the league. We play two of them, you know, one and one. And then next week we play team four. Oh gosh. And then we got, so we play team four and then I guess we're playing, I guess we're playing the uh, tough team all over again. Let me see here. I don't think. Mm. Oh no, 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 we're not. No, we're not. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm spazzing. So uh, looking at the schedule, so there's six games in total, right? Um, so we had – here we go. I'm going – we're checking the schedule live on air. Shout out. Okay, all right. types. Okay, okay, okay. Here we are. So, okay, so this past oh, – I'm looking at someone else's schedule. Anyway, don't worry about it. Anyway, all that to say, we <laughs> – the team we played uh, this past week, um we had uh was was it easily the toughest team and that was team that was okay so that was the starship scoobers i don't even know what what they're what they're called so we starship had team scoobers? two last week yeah they're team one so we had so we played team two last week we beat them we would have beaten them by more i think we're definitely going to beat them by more next time we play them um and then we played team one this week um the close game and then we're going to play Team 4 next week. And then thankfully for that next game, our last regular season game, we're going to play Team 2, actually. And then um, I think – and then we have to play Team 1 again. And then we're playing Team 4. So I guess we'll play each of the teams twice. And then we get into the playoffs is what I want to say. I think I – Okay. Think, yeah, and then we get into the playoffs because – yeah, I guess I guess I don't know if we have playoffs for this, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know, but either way, we're gonna play Team One again, so it's I'm I'm excited. We'll 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 be playing some. We'll get a couple weeks against you know teams that have decent. I mean, this league is probably the most like talented it is because just because of the year frisbee cycle, like this is the point where there's the least amount of frisbee out there, so everyone's just looking for some frisbee to play. Um, this but, is like yeah, when was, the NBA guys go to the Drew League. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the guys are all the pickup so. runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of talent. A lot of I mean, there's there's very few like there's almost no no one who does. I mean, pretty much everyone on my team like knows stuff. Like I haven't had to explain anything really. Just you know, helping helping refine some stuff. But yeah, I really love this week. We're gonna we you know we took loss, but. It was a really, really tough fought game, and uh, can't wait for the next two weeks. That's nice too, because now you can just focus on actually making them better at frisbee. As like, you know, if I'm showing yeah. up on that team, you have to teach me frisbee, and then like teach me how to be better at frisbee. Whereas these guys, you know, if you they already know stuff, you're just like improving on yeah. their games, finding everything, exactly. getting getting everything better. So. If the, yeah. if the athletic stuff is there, like you're saying, I mean, hopefully our guy, Coach Sam, has the chops to be able to pull it all together. Andy, read this we'll thing see. and make it all make it all work by the end of the season. We'll see. We'll see. We got we got the pieces. I'm I'm really excited. Guys are learning, and um, yeah, they're they're getting better week by week. I'm getting better week by week as a captain. Um, and uh, mm. yeah, no, I'm 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 excited. So, uh, but that should be about it for the pod. Make sure to check out our Instagram, our Spotify, 
um, TikTok, wherever we're at. Um, make sure to follow us. Rem's putting in that work. Um, make sure to keep an eye out on, you know, maybe some merch. I don't want to make any promises, but keep an eye know. out. Make sure. And uh, yeah, let us know your opinions in the, in the DMs. DMs are open. DMs are open. So uh, make sure to check us out. But thank you for listening. And we'll see y'all next week.